Wait, 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 wait. So you hoes is mad because I trademark a let me tell you something. Every single time I go to a corporate meeting, these folks be like, oh my God, can we just please hear you say a grrr? Every time I go to a TV show, hey, hey, can you teach me how to say a grrr? Hey, hey, hey. Every time I go do a commercial, hey, can you finish it off with a grrr? You think I ain't gonna profit off this shit? Bitch, white folks do it all the motherfucking time. So you're gonna be mad at me because I want to get some motherfucking money? <laughs> Let me tell you something. While I'm still here, I'm gonna secure all the fucking bags. Let me give you a secret too. It's 2019, bitches. It's a lot of ways to get rich. Y'all just gotta get yourself some business. Stop minding motherfucking others. This podcast has been brought to you by Four Eyed Production. And now, let's start the show. I'm they sure it's on the way. Yeah. Especially, so are people, people really are mad. If people are really mad at Cardi B for trademarking O'Kurt, that is just, that's well, odd. I know. And like she said on social media, like you, she said that like every time she goes to a set or is in a commercial or does an interview, yeah. they always want her to end it with O'Kurt. She's like, do you think I'm not going to get paid off of that? White people do it all of the time. Yeah, I don't know why they're mad at her. It makes zero sense. I'm done. I don't know why they're mad. I didn't know they were really mad. I saw that. But, well, when I saw it was an article, and it was talking about how she is getting a trademark, and Beyonce is still going back and forth about Blue Ivy's name with this this um, oh, yeah. event planning company. Yeah, that's true. But if I was the event planning company, I'd be trying to fight it, too. I mean, truth be told. Yeah, they, yeah. She, well, what she said was that she <laughs> she told Beyonce's people that she would give it to them if they could buy it for $10 million. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's really well, a drop in the bucket if you think about it. She was like, they can buy the name. They can have it for $10 million. I don't know that. Buy the company. for they want. She wanted them to buy her company for $10 million because she's not, she's not going to let them use the name unless they buy her company from her. I know companies that go, that are sold for more than that, though, so... That makes sense, unless the brand just doesn't align with something that Beyonce or Jay Z want to be associated with. In which case, I totally understand. But I don't. Under, I would just but if I had it, in which they do, I would pay the ten million dollars, and it just who cares about the business? Yeah, I got the right to the go. name now. Right. Yeah, like who that's cares? true. That's true. Listen, that lady is getting her. She wants her coins, and if she already has a trademark or, or has already applied, if they want it. They're gonna have to come, come and her. get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're gonna have to pay her for it. Like, uh, sis, this is business. Exactly. Right. Okay. Y'all ready? 
Born ready. ready. Oh, hello. Ah. <laughs> you already ready. Born yeah. ready. Let's do it. All right. We're already recording. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And this is episode 56 of the Culture Shock Podcast. We are officially in spring and my allergies had the timer set. As you guys can tell, I sound horrible. So I hope you can bear with me during this episode. Please don't uh, judge me too harshly. Are you sure it's like really you or is it your shadow? <laughs> I cannot stand her. I'm just trying somebody, to figure out. Somebody went to see Us movie two times, and now all of a sudden they know everything about the tethered. I don't I am. appreciate it. I'm an expert. I'm I mean, an expert you know on why? this movie. You know why? Because why? you're probably not whoever Lupita's character is. You're probably red. No, well, I mean, they used to be my nickname. You know. But <laughs> I'm not red. I'm just, you know, intellectual and, you know, can piece things together and I just was able to, you know, analyze this film appropriately. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what, what my education afforded me, sis. I mean, I'm just saying. If we didn't graduate from the same college, I would try to go <laughs> in, but I'm going to let it go. So before we get any further, I definitely want to introduce you guys to a friend of the show, our friend, a Winston-Salem State University Wee! graduate, Nikki Eason, from Antarctica's yes. model and um, mogul moments. And yes. she's going to be sharing stuff about that in the middle of the show. So we'll get a chance to ask her some questions and get to know about her next moves. But um, welcome, Nikki. Welcome. Thank welcome. you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I mean, thank you, know. Yes. <laughs> That's what they had told us. So awesome. Right. Oh, whatever. So awesome. But you're awesome, wow. too. You're awesome, oh, thank too. You. And beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I used to say that I am a reflection of you, sis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. okay. Girl in the mirror, but not, not, not that that girl. Shut up. <laughs> Got me slipping my hair. I had to stop me away. No, I'm talking, uh-uh, about, no. I'm talking about the shadow. Like, listen, my mind is... My mind is you, all over. Okay, so so let's talk about it. We normally do our weekend in review first. Okay. So B. Yes. Let's. Okay, so let's get through anything else you did this weekend, That's what and I'm we'll say. end with that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so that was Thursday, Friday. Okay, so the only other thing that I did. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The only other thing that I did was Saturday. I went to a workshop for the NACA program. Okay. And basically, that's a program um, that helps. Um, people get affordable mortgages in acts against predatory lending. Mm-hmm. So I went to like a workshop. It was like four or five hours, um, just kind of about their program and what they do um, in the community. And I think that's a nationwide program. So mm-hmm. if anyone is in um, in the search for a home or is having difficulty, like you know, saving money. Um, getting a budget, all those types of things. They provide mortgage counseling. Um, and I think all it costs is like a membership fee of $25 per year. So oh, wow. I went to that. Nice. It was at St. Paul Baptist Church. What was your <clears> takeaway? <throat> if if there was one. Basically, that I be playing around and could probably buy a house tomorrow if I would just save my money. Yes. Like, because, I mean, sis pay your bills on time. Like, okay. <laughs> sis pay your bills on time. But, you know, I just, you know, the mall and this online shopping. Listen, Amazon Prime is a the, trap. It's the yes, devil. it is. And you know okay. Yes, it is. I primed something for last Wednesday night, and I'm still pissed off about it because it's not here yet. <laughs> I mean, I be buying stuff, like, that I would normally get from Walmart. Like, why am I, I mean, just on here just getting stuff, like. Then why, I mean, if it costs the same amount, though, like, I'd rather have it bought to my house. Yeah, but see, then it's you start seeing other things, and then the cart just adds up. You'll do the same thing in Walmart. 
Truly, she does the same thing in Walmart. I mean, it's different. You now you can just sit here and just type yeah. and just get it. You don't have to go to Walmart. You don't have to drive there. You have to go through the people that's standing in line, that's looking at you, and all of that stuff. So oh, you don't like to be looked at. Somebody Not that. that pretty still want. I mean, I want to be looked time. at, but you know how Walmart can get at times. Yeah, like, you know why did I come I in here at this you. time? Then you go in for one thing, and then you end up getting more stuff. So at least Fair. if you're online, you can just be like, okay, yeah, no, I don't want it. Okay, add that too, and not have to worry about it. And yeah. see, then I rationalize I another purchase because I'm like, okay, but get a gas. <laughs> get me over there you know would have been like five or six dollars so i could just add something for ten more dollars to my cart i mean you know that's <laughs> in my mind that adds up oh, so anyway yeah. but yeah that's what i did um it was very informative there was a lot of people in that seminar yeah um i learned a lot more so about like the real estate side because they had a real estate agent that came in to kind of talk about you know the housing market in charlotte and it was just overall some really, really good information. So if you do have credit struggles or you do need someone to advise you about your finances before you buy a home, they have like the lowest mortgage rates. I think it's like at this point, like 3.75. You don't have to pay any PMI. Um, if you don't know what PMI is, Google it because your girl don't have time to be reading it in her notes because my book is closed. Anyway, besides seeing us twice, that's really all I did. What about you? Okay. Um. Oh, I think the only other thing I did was head up. <laughs> See, you ain't head up either. <laughs> it, it has consumed us, okay? You know what's so funny is <clears throat> my weekends are normally so jam-packed with activities that when I said that to you, I was like, yeah, because I'm going to have a laundry list of things. Um, no. All I did was go over to Black Market Charlotte, um... There is a bartender who has excellent customer service, uh, and her name is Yashira. She goes by Yoshi, um, and she bartends at Lofton Cellar. Mm-hmm. But she also does things locally, and I wanted to like make her acquaintance face-to-face, but she has such an amazing reputation. So um, Black Market Charlotte was having a um, brunch, mm-hmm. so I wanted to go over there and meet her. And really, that's the other side from like actually having a laundry list of things to do at the house. All I did was do us. Yeah, that was it. Like, my brain was consumed with, like... Consumed. <laughs> and especially, like... Nikki, you may not have heard this, but... So, Nikki hasn't has not watched us movie. No, I we haven't. We are Jordan Peele fans and... <laughs> horror fans. And I, Let's say that first fans. off. Yes, we're horror fans. We love Jordan Peele. And just, we love cinematography. And we love black yeah. folks. Clearly. We, okay. <laughs> of course, of course, support. And so, um, we went to see this movie separately, but in my heart of hearts, B, I knew you were ready to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, um, Nikki has given us permission to spoil the movie for her. If you do not want to hear this spoiler, you might want to go ahead about five minutes. <laughs> it might be longer than Four. that. But no, yeah. we're going to try to keep it cooling. <laughs> um, first off, let's talk about this, about how instantly when I saw the red jumpsuits and the leather glove, all I could think about was Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Mm. I don't I know did. if anybody else caught that, I but did. that was an ode to Freddy Krueger. And there were also a lot of callbacks to the movie The Shining, because that's one of Jordan Peele's favorite that's movies. That's what I said. Oh my gosh. Oh, Listen, and the no, let me, I gotta say this. Okay. Props to Jordan Peele for having a black family, not just a black family, but the whole a black dark skinned black 
family that survived that survived yes. the entire movie. The entire movie. Amazing. I love the okay. fact that they implemented the scissors with the notion that like negative things that you're tethered to can Ooh. be cut. Yes. Can be cut out of your life. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the girl in the beginning of the movie, um, the daughter, she makes a reference to the end of the world. Well, she makes a reference to the end of the world and the government. She's like, you know, they put uh, floor, fluoride or something in the water. Oh, yes, to control um, our to brains. To control our brains. And nobody says anything to her. Like, nobody's paying her any attention. So she's like, um, well, I guess, you know, nobody cares. I forgot. Nobody cares about the end of the world. Right, because the end of the world mm-hmm. was upon them. Exactly. At that moment. The fact that they use um, the Bible scripture, Jeremiah eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. if you go and look at it, it's, very, it's a very ominous scripture anyway. Talks about like them calling out to me, and I will not answer them, even though they call upon my name. Um, and about it says something about releasing my wrath upon them, yes. or something like that. And I was like, I opened my Bible, and I was like, Ooh, let me close that because right. <laughs> don't don't need to read that before I go to sleep. No. Right. Mm-mm. But but in the context of the entire story from mm-hmm. the Bible, I, I if. Please, I know the Bible scholars will correct me. Oh, the theologists. So, uh, they will get you. It's going to get you. Okay? But I'm going to just tell you what I think I remember about the whole story. I feel like it's when the Jews were um, worshiping pagan gods and mm-hmm. that the God of Israel was upset about that. So he was like, and it, this is in layman terms, I'm definitely paraphrasing, but like, oh, you want to worship other gods? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you hands off. Don't don't call me for nothing. And so it's so funny because if you watch, if you go and see the movie, Red, who is Lupita's other character, is kind of like the pagan god for the tether mm-hmm. that are below the mm-hmm. tunnels. I mean, first, I already told B before we even started recording that, like, I knew within the first five minutes, once we got to the whole parent situation and they were at therapy, and they said that the, their daughter wouldn't talk anymore, I was like, mm, the wrong girl came up out of there, and she, sure enough. Mm. I, it took me, it took me until the end and to, to really realize that she had... <laughs> She had switched them, mm-hmm. um, but just after the first time, I was kind of confused about certain things. I think because I was so excited and my nerves were tore up so bad from like the fight scenes that I had to go back to reprocess okay. some things. But Fair. what what I did notice is in line with that, with her not speaking when she came back, there were slight little breadcrumbs that were trickled throughout that would allude to the fact that the wrong girl actually came up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, whenever the family, the the clone family first got there, mm-hmm. and, you know, the dad, the real dad went outside with the bad, you know, and ran back in the house and locked the door. Right before the door was unlocked, it shows somebody reaching down to get a rock. But at the time, when I seen it the first time, I thought that they were going to use the rock to break the window. I thought it was a key. It was, but... Yeah. How would she know where that key was? It's because it's that was her childhood house. home. So uh-huh. she knew okay. where everything okay. was, but I did not realize that the first time. Then when she came in, you know, she was, the way she was looking around, like at the artwork, it was like she was having some nostalgia, like I'm back home now. Right. But if you're not, if you're not thinking of that, See, those are slight things that you wouldn't notice. I went there 
with my brain was already in tune. I said, this is a Jordan Peele movie. I need for my brain to be on point. I don't need people talking to me. I need to be looking straight ahead. I don't want to miss anything. And where there were like a lot of underlying things that we could definitely talk about. Um, I don't think it was coincidental that both husbands had biblical names. One was Gabriel one was and one was Abraham. Abraham. And if you go and read about them, I'm sure they align up with the characters. Um, themes like, I don't know if you pulled this, but... Uh, Gabriel, the the real husband, mm-hmm. um, it felt like angel. he was trying mm-hmm. to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Like everything that his friend was doing, like he wanted a boat, and it was something else that the friend had gotten, and he was like, he had a backup generator, yeah, his car. He just kept talking about all the things that they had, and like how keeping up with the Joneses is not necessarily like the best thing. Look what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to those people. To um, the point that where they were under attack, and he was still <laughs> trying to stay in these people's house. Exactly. <laughs> Like, fool. He was like, we're as safe as we can be. I'm like, you're literally in a glass house. Right. You're literally in a glass house. How do you feel like this is the safest place for you to be? Not only that, but I don't know. I don't know exactly where to pull (laughs) from it. But like, I think she let him run the show the whole time. But when she felt like the family was in danger, which is a real life black woman thing. She felt like the family was in danger. And he went to say something and she was like, you don't get to make the decisions anymore. And he was smart because he listened and they survived. Yeah. Um, which usually doesn't happen. I also feel like there are some things that were a little more overt. Like the son, uh, Jason, mm-hmm. when he was like, um, you thought that I got kidnapped? Oh, did you thought that I had died or something like whatever he said? And she said, I don't even remember what she said. She said, no, I said, thought you got lost or yeah, taken or something like taken. that. Taken. And mm-hmm. he was like, by terrorists and perverts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was in direct alignment with, um, you know, some of the things that are going on in America. And when they like asked sex them, mm-hmm, yeah. when they asked them, who are you people? When the family asked the tethered and Lupita's character, Red, turned and said, we're um, Americans. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of xenophobia um, was in there, worrying about yourself. The responsibility to kill your own demons. The movie was really good. A lot of people that I was in the theater with. First of all, I had the blackest experience of my life. <laughs> Listen, you and me both. Okay. That's why I had to go back and see it a second time because they narrate through the whole oh, thing. Oh my god, <laughs> they were narrating and just talking and having little side convos. So the second time that I saw the movie, I went earlier in the day because I was like, okay, y'all. Because yeah, you know we're not going early in the day. Y'all not gonna be here because I was just like, listen, like. You know, because when people start having side conversations, there could be stuff that's missed that, you know, they may say and then you're missing out on like the first part of a sentence, which could be very imperative to the plot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, y'all got to be, shh, be quiet. Let's analyze the movie because you know half of y'all going to leave out of here not understanding what happened and get on social media and say the movie was trash. And and people have done that. Mm -hmm. What they've done is compared it to Get Out and I didn't go with that mentality. I'm like, yes, it's the same person. First of all, getting all the coins, writing, producing, and directing. Yeah. And has grossed already $70 million in the first weekend. And which is so crazy because wow. they only gave him $20 million to do the film, which is why I feel like some corners were cut. Like, they talk about the tunnels at the beginning, but the only time you really get to see the tunnel is that small little portion when I feel like it could have been done a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But that's not his fault. They gave him $20 million, and they've given much more for films who have done way less. Oh, and it had my girl in it. Shout out to, I don't know, I think her name is Elizabeth Moss. The girl from yeah. Handmaid's Tale, June was in it. I love, I just think she is so good. Yeah, she is. I love her. She did really, I mean, even 
even though she got killed. She she done really, really well in the movie. Um, I, I think we did more than five minutes. So okay, yeah. Listen, y'all, go, go see, the, see movie. the movie. I just want to say this. It takes really good actors and actresses to basically play two movies at once. Because that's what they did. were amazing. Even the kids, because they had to be themselves and they had to be the tethered. Right. Or the shadow people. I did say and this. And they did it well. All everybody to be fun to play the tethered part. Yeah, that, that can you you know Halloween's about to be lit. Oh what? If, oh, <laughs> you know Halloween's gonna be lit. Yeah. Oh, Everybody lit. gonna have their costumes and stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and another theme, and then we can move on. Oh my god! No, this is the last one. I promise. <laughs> like you said about addressing demons, I watched the interview with Jordan Peele, and he basically said this movie highlights what could happen when you do not acknowledge the traumas of your past right. and you bring it with you into your future and the way right. that it can affect mm-hmm. everyone around people. you. Yes. Um, so I did want to say that. And then another fun fact about Jordan Peele and his movies, and then we can move on because we have a guest. He has made a <laughs> cameo. trying to get all her things Yes, out. I am. <laughs> he has made a cameo in both movies. Did you know that? I did not see him in this movie. You didn't see him in the first one either. The first movie, he was the voice of the dying deer. At the I, did, I didn't know okay. that. I knew that. And in this one, there is a rabbit being killed, a sound, and that's Jordan Peele, too. That's good. Yeah. So, so is he trying to do... Like Hitchcock? Well, that's not what I was going to say, but now that makes a lot of sense. Making cameos? But... Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know he's playing um, your boy from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's playing it. And he's already started casting for Candyman, too. Oh my hey, I'm trying to figure out how I can get on. Oh my goodness! Candyman that comes movie. out in 2020. So listen, y'all. I love horror films. I get scared and be having nightmares sometimes. Although I never have scary nightmares, I have weird nightmares where I'm in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it happens every time I watch a horror film. So that's like why that. I keep watching them because nothing scary happens. I just have dreams and are in uncomfortable. I mean, weird. Un- it was like it's like Twilight Zone nightmares well you after. know it's kind of like how if i watch the snaps marathon and then i oh, dream no. that i'm mulan and i'm <laughs> yeah. fighting against the for real yeah, it's he, like that. this is the real thing like if i watch oh, the snap a snapped marathon i dream that i'm mulan and then i'm fighting the huns and i always wake up with a bunch of scratches because i've been fighting in my sleep like <laughs> yeah, real. yeah. Wow. so that's what happens but y'all go see the movie Lupita was fire. She she's she, amazing. She's fire. She win an award. She will for real. She's just awesome. But you know what? I think they're she's gonna so try awesome. to they're gonna try to snub. Think so? Be- yeah, because I seen where Jordan Peele had tweeted, and he was like, "Get Out" was a documentary. Us is a horror film. Yeah, but all but of the main to say that though. Uh, yeah, but they all of it was the- a comedy. They thought Get Out was a comedy. Remember they? Yeah, oh yeah, they try to play him. No, that ain't no comedy. That's real life stuff. That's right. Um, but I think what's gonna happen is all of the major publications that I see, like I think IndieWire, maybe the New York Times, those types of publications are calling it horror slash thriller. So I'm just like, can you just can you just call it can what he it says it is? Said it was. He says it's a horror film. He didn't say it was a thriller. He said horror film. Right. But you know they'll put things in their own categories according to what they think will or won't win. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. So right. every week, you know, we guys, um, I'm tripping, that we give you guys the good, bad, and indifferent. We tell you what's been going on in the world. We tell you how we feel about it. You do not have to agree. We love to hear your opinions, and we don't always agree with one another. Um, so be. But I'm normally right. 
<laughs> Almost never. <laughs> just fucking Oh. I'm going to tell y'all why she's trying this. I'm just confident. She's trying me confident. because my voice. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, mm-mm. <laughs> it's because my voice. And she knows that, like, after a minute, like, if I start getting too excited, then the voice goes all it the way away. Be. So I got to try to stay calm. <laughs> but it's okay because next week is coming. Winter is coming. Listen. Speaking of winter is coming, y'all know that Game of Thrones comes back out on my birthday, which isn't like. Three weeks? Three Sundays. Two Sundays? Yes. It's on your birthday? Yes. We need to have a Game of Thrones party. Party. Yes, we do. And what I heard about about Game of Thrones is that these last episodes, I don't think there's that many, but they're supposed to be like super duper long. Yeah, I heard that too. I'm just trying to figure out if if John and Daenerys is going to realize that they really... Yeah, after, after she's impregnated. impregnated. That's what I said, too. I just give Do you John, watch Game of Thrones? No, Our guest John. is, like, shaking her head. She's no, totally lost. I'm so lost. We are so... But I know that... I see that it's just such a huge thing. Huge. I feel so left out. I'm like, don't, I don't even know. You gotta, like, you gotta still get, catch up. So I gotta yeah, catch gotta up on get, Game of Thrones. I gotta go watch Us. Yes. yes. But Game so of much Thrones stuff. is... You but it's like season after season. is like a long, long thing. I'm so far behind. Oh, dang. But it, it goes by the way you start. The way say, you I'm gonna be watching it all day. It is okay. gonna be like I gotta, I gotta have it. it. Okay. It took me so long to watch it. Shout out to my friend Deandra. I used to like bash Game of Thrones on Facebook. Like y'all are stupid. This is some Lord of the Rings type stuff. Like why are you watching this? And so she. That's why you she, keep your mouth shut until you. <laughs> I can say what I want to say until you experience it for yourself. Because then you have to eat your words. And I did. So she messaged me. Was like, girl, here is my HBO Go password. Go look. I'm a. You know, I'm gonna do you this service. When I tell you, I can't even focus at work for trying to figure out when am I gonna leave here to go watch Game of Thrones. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's wow. how good so it I is. I need to take days off. It. A couple days. Do it on the weekend. Okay. Binge on the weekend and then you can finish up during the weeknights. But what I can say is I do not like Lord of the Rings. I never have liked it. And that's what kind of prevented me from watching it because I thought it, but it's, it's not like that. It's a lot better. Okay. That's (laughs) exactly what I'm thinking. Tiffany is exhaling very, you know, very strongly and she must be a Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. You outnumbered today, but right, it's okay, two against girl. one. See, no, it's always I, that's me. the only reason. It's I'm always like, one not. on one. Mm-hmm. Boom, two against one. She is. <laughs> let me tell you something. Can y'all hear me? She is never outnumbered. You hear me? Okay. Y'all not gonna bat. I'm not saying you bashing them, but I'm just saying we are gonna move along because the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. You know, I Trash. love me some Frodo Baggins. Trash. It's not. It's the predecessor. <laughs> it's the predecessor to all the other stuff that y'all love. I ain't even gonna go. You know what? Let's just get started. After we recorded last week. Jess Hilarious, a.k.a. Jess with the Mess, apologized for the situation that we discussed on the show mm-hmm. um, regarding the incident on the plane. And I said to you, B, before we started, and I think I might have said it on the show, too, I said she didn't get those people kicked off that plane. And sure enough, in her apology, she did address that. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that I appreciate about the apology. First of all, did you guys see where Jess Hilarious apologized? I saw where she apologized, and I also seen where her, I guess it's her boyfriend, kind of chimed in, Country too. Wayne. Yeah. Um, I can't watch no five-minute apology, but I know that she apologized. <laughs> I, I can't watch no five-minute apology. Um, but go ahead. I'm a, So, in the words of Kanye West, I'm going to let, let you, you finish. finish. <laughs> so, she, <laughs> some things that I did appreciate, she oh didn't get gosh. a publicist, publicist. I'm tripping tongue-tied. Tiffany is back. Um, she seems sincere, um, and I believe in the redemption of those who are willing to humble themselves and to acknowledge their wrongdoing 
and also to apologize to the people that they actually offended because that's something that most of the time, especially when black people are the ones being offended, people will come back and they will offer up like a, a generalized apology. Um, I guess to like invoke a pardon from people that don't have the pardon to give. Like you don't have the admonition to give, but because like they generalize the apology, so like, oh, she's sorry, she's sorry. So I can appreciate this apology, right? But I'm glad that she apologized to the people that she owed an apology for because I can't forgive her no. for what she said because it's not um, my forgiveness to give. So mm -hmm. that's just, it's not mine to grant. That's just my thoughts on it. I agree with all of that. Okay. Um, one thing I want to say, this is totally not even nothing to do with the apology, but y'all out there who's saying Justin Larris ain't funny is lying. Because she is. I'm trying to figure out. She was apologizing for what? I missed this. Because most time I see her, she's just really just being, you know, funny. being funny. So it's, it's hard for me to hear what you're saying. But I'm like, well, what did she say? Okay, so oh, not, not last week, but the week before. Mm-hmm. Jess was on a plane. I don't know where she was headed, but there were two uh, Sikhs, mm -hmm. two, at least two, that were on the plane in their turbans. You know, she's oh, always no. on the internet. Yeah. Oh, no. And so she's on the internet, you know, um, talking about, you know, how she's afraid. And they're, they actually end up getting um, evacuated from the plane. Like, everybody gets off the plane. So she's like very defensive in the way that Jess is when somebody makes her mad. And see, but at first she didn't even. she. She did, but she never said she was. What she did was, you know, she does that little, uh, that yeah, little voice. Yeah. So, like, oh my god, oh my god, where y'all going? She, right, right. going? She, she put the camera on. They were like, uh, where y'all going? Like that. <laughs> and then the next one, it's not funny, Lord. Let me but stop then, But then she did say. But she then was, she afterwards, like, I'm she afraid. Said she I'm was afraid. Scared. Okay. And she was like, and I'm not flying. So then, eventually, they put everybody back on the plane, but the Sikhs aren't on there anymore. Now, mm -hmm. people were like, she got them kicked off. But I was like, Courtney even said, like, she doesn't have that kind of power. No, how's she going to get them kicked yeah. off? And if she did, why would she make another video saying, okay, so why aren't they back on the plane? She would have known why they weren't on the plane. Right. So they get them back on the plane, and she's basically like, see, y'all going to listen to Jess one day, basically saying that they needed to be taken off. She caught a lot of backlash for that. I think a lot of people from the, that community reached out to her to try to educate her. She said it had been messing yes. with her. Um, that she understood, and she. The only thing that she said that bothered me was, "I'm still young," and I'm like, no, "And I'm like, girl, y'all don't do that. You, you. I don't know if you're young or not, but your face is my age or older. And I'm no spring chicken. I, Nikki. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I put my head down. I'm like, just saying, I'm trying, how I didn't, young I was are trying you? to hold the laughing. How young are you, sis? Uh -huh. mm. Um, and I love Jess, but she was just like, "I'm young. I really don't know how young is she because it's, it's a Google. Do you Google? I'll do my Googles, do Googles, Googles because Jess do not look like she is like no 21 or something. Like you old enough to know not to do that. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You know, I'm yeah, not gonna bash nobody looks, but you're old enough to know that that was inappropriate. And then you you're talking raising about, a child in this world, you're, you're old enough to know better. And my thing is, you were making this these remarks about their head wraps when you doing something that I. Can't Stand you out in public with your head wrap on too. You should have been sitting with them. Like, right. <laughs> what is your problem, oh. Jess? But I don't feel like she should be canceled. And I think <coughs> that people who are saying yeah. she's not funny is incorrect. I think the reason why I like Jess and I feel like she's funny is because Jess can get on on Instagram and be funny just being herself. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to dress up like anybody. She doesn't have to. You know just 
pick on someone or turn herself into a totally different person to be funny. She's just funny, like, in her speaking. So, I mean, that was the only thing that was kind of bothering me when people were saying, she's not even funny. I'm like, yes, she is. I don't know. She's very funny. For me, Jess used to not be funny. I think she got funnier over time for me. But she's been on the internet for a hot minute, so... I don't think I started liking her until she started doing Jess with the Mess. Jess with the Mess is funny. Because her news is real. Because her news is real. My news is real. It is so funny. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) And that's how she did. She was like, ooh. That little noise she did. That's funny to me. Um, But I don't know. Oh, she's 27. I just did my Google. Oh, she's a okay. young Well, yeah. She's not, 27 is not. It's not, but still, it, you haven't really shifted no. as far as a few things that you need to shift on. Yeah, that's you fine. Know. That's, I didn't want to cancel her. And another Me? thing. No, no I'm not going to cancel her. Another thing is, though, when you have those platforms, this is just like with people yeah. who are huge celebrities. Whether or not you want responsibility, you, you have, have it. You have it. You have it, and... and I always say this, like, you know, once once you hit someone, you can't determine how hard they hit you back. Once you say it, it's out there, and people are going to take it for what they want to take it for, and they're going to get in your comments. They're going to call for you to get fired and do all of this, which uh, clearly she wasn't going to get fired from her Fox show because Fox Thank is care off the chain. They yeah. don't give a crap about anybody talking about, you know, the Muslims or anything like that. So I'm like, y'all can say she, she need to get fired, but Fox ain't going to fire her for that. But she really needs to... Just be a little bit more cautious when she's making jokes about different ethnicities, different religions, people's sexual orientations, gender identities, because you are offending an entire group of people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and people and who people, like you. Yeah. yeah, people who like you and even someone who may not identify with those groups, but may be closely associated with that or may be an ally you're offending you're offending so many people you can't offend yeah. anybody without getting me upset unless it's donald trump you can offend donald trump all day yeah, and i will not be upset but you or I candace owens you can do her oh too. yeah too, her too. you can do her too because but like sis, any oh other group God. of people if it's not the kkk or some group like that like you just can't i don't it's funny. I know this might not sound related. Um, it might sound unrelated to you guys, but this week, you know how like on social media they'll do the which one of these got to go, mm-hmm. and so they did four black shows, and I think it was um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Martin, um, what's another, the Cosby Show, and A Different World, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were like, which one has to go? And I said, I know yeah. this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna get rid of the, my favorite one. And they were like, well, which one is that? And I said, Martin. And the only reason, and I can quote Martin episode. I know, it, even even the people in the room are like stretching their eyes at me. I'm gonna tell you why, because when I watch it, I can quote it word for word, and I think some of the writing is great, and I love the improv. But a lot of what's in the show doesn't translate today the uh-huh. way that it did back then. You can still watch the other shows, and it still comes into the 2000s, the 2019s, the 2020s, whatever. But if you watch Martin, there's like a lot of misogyny in there. There's a lot of homophobia in there. There's a lot of xenophobia. And while it's jokes, like I could take a joke, like even if it's a joke about women, I could take a joke or whatever. But I'm just saying if I had to get rid of one, it would be that one for those very reasons that sometimes they tell the joke now and where I laughed when I was eight, nine 13, whatever, when I was watching it, I cringe a little bit now, even if nobody else is in the room. Well, that's just like me and my brother were talking about um, 
I gotta disagree with you on that one. If I had, and I know this, people are gonna think I'm crazy. Yeah, but, it's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I still love Martin. That's my point. Like I would just get rid of it for those reasons. That's, I mean, I can get that part. Okay. I can get that part can get too. That but part if I had that, was, if I had to get rid of one. I'm getting rid of the Cosby Show. I know that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> no, I need you to say that. And that, yeah, and I totally understand for because content, that would be my one. But I mm-hmm. chose Martin for the reasons I said. I and it's crazy that you say that because if anybody who knows me personally, they know it's like certain shows that are so stupid, but they end up being my favorite shows. Yeah. And one of those shows is Flavor of Love, okay? I love Flavor, I oh love Flavor of Love. I love Flavor of Love. He's so genuine. He's genuine and that was reality. Like, it's not it like was. now. Yeah. It wasn't scripted. Yeah. No, That's they true. were just acting like fools and it was good TV. It but was. when I go back and look at some of the things they did and said, no. I'm... In today's mind, You'd I'm like, like, oh my oh god, my god. that's like, what I mean. Yeah. I can't believe that I laughed at this stuff. Like the the girl that was on there, Buck Wild, and she's basically doing blackface without the blackface. Like I'm Buck Wild, and you know from my yeah. hood. Yeah. And I'm just like, now I would be so upset if I turned on my TV and seen a white girl acting like that. Because you woke up a little bit. Yeah, but back then we tuned in every whatever night it was and laughed our butts off. So I totally get what you're saying, yeah. which is why I hate. I I don't. I always agree with us canceling people when we find stuff in their Twitter feeds from like 10 years ago or however long. Yeah, Twitter is at least 10 years ago, like 12 years now or whatever. But like unless it's some stuff that you know that they have not come come out of, that they're still perpetuating, then that's a whole other thing. But it's like, dang, people grow and change. If I've changed my mind about Martin because I didn't know any better whenever I was a teenager or like even coming into my adulthood, like the way that we're reared as a society, mm-hmm. and then we grow up. It's like when you know better, you do better, basically. You know. Yeah, and just because you've always done things a certain way doesn't mean that that's the healthiest or the most right way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Like we all, we all can grow and change, and I think that is the beauty of being a human. Because I, I don't think that I have anything on my Twitter that is just outrageous, yeah. but. I know there are some some just some ideals that I have had when, in my twenties that now when I think about it, it's just like well that wasn't a hundred percent right oh, yeah but God. I mean you know you you can't do what you haven't been taught type thing mm-hmm, you know exactly. what I mean and some of us gotta unlearn some things that we've learned you know right, we're right. still gonna just operate from what we know what we're used to but then mm-hmm. when you get older you're like oh man yeah. I was taught that and that's not the right thing mm-hmm. or that's not the right way to look at it right. because you know we get caught in our little bubble as far as how everything is supposed to be mm-hmm. not really knowing there's so much more other things that's going on and you're like dang this whole time exactly. I thought it was time. this way you know and back then with the flavor of love that you mentioned I mean at the time we wasn't on that level Mm-mm. we wasn't on that level of mentality of like oh we should feel some type of way because of Buck Wild doing that Mm-mm. or just what was going on mm-hmm. on that show what you're saying with Martin makes total sense. Right. You know, when you, as you're talking, I'm like, well, dang, he does say a lot of different things. You know, but at that time, we wasn't there. And yeah. now, look what has happened. Look how many different genres of people that had arise that's always been there. But surface, like, no, I want my equal that's rights right. as well. So now that we're on that playing field, it's like, dang, mm-hmm. we got to go back and be like, mm, maybe not. Or looking at it totally different now. So yeah. I get it. Just I totally with a get different it. set of eyes yeah, is that's all true. I'm saying. That's true. Yeah. I'm not gonna stop watching them. I got the box set. Right, right. I was yeah. about to say now, I mean, that is my shoulder I put on at night when I'm trying to get a <laughs> laugh. Because you know, it's like coming on all night, like 11 30, 12, just sitting there. I'm like, man, 
word for word, word but I still word. be in there laughing right. like it's the first right. one. Another <laughs> show that is like that too is yes. In Living Color. Yes. Yes. Girl, can you imagine yes. if In Living Color was on now? Oh it's my gosh. We've talked about In yeah. Living Color on this show yeah. so many times. It's one yeah. of our favorites. Oh but my But some God. of the stuff they did too, like, uh, people probably bad today. Oh like, my gosh. Real but talk. at the time, right. it was funny. Yeah. It was just comedy. Like, it was just, you know, no, no one, I mean, no, I can't say that. There are probably people that were offended, mm-hmm. but I just don't think that we had the voice or right. the language or the so. social the media, courage. the yeah. courage to be able go. to put this out here. Like, no, this is offensive. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say this about, like, this is, you can't make these offensive jokes at my expense right. anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I totally, like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, hey, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, you know what they could put him in, in the place of like if you had to replace Martin with something for what? me it would have been Living Single. Yes, because Living Single was good and it didn't have that same element, but you still laughed and you got the lessons that you got. We could technically cancel them and Cosby and put Living Single in there yeah. and <laughs> get the lessons my, that you need. I was more a different world, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, than yeah. than the Cosby Show. But speaking of Living Single, um, I saw I think her. I don't think I know her name is Erica Alexander. Yeah, yeah okay. Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. Maxine Shaw. Turn it off. And she was talking about the show because I think they're having some type of reunion or they're going to get I'm together watching. or do something or maybe be on TV. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, me too. But she basically said that living single was friends. Well, yeah, it's basically yeah. friends. It is, and yes. it was just like a ripoff of what living single was already doing, except that they were white mm-hmm. and these people were living black. single were yeah. black and she and said the writing was so good it yes. was excellent and they, they got if celebrities. you think about it they were all professionals they all had mm-hmm. jobs they mm-hmm. you know supported each other yeah. you know they it, it showed black women uplifting and each other, yeah. being together and owning being business owning businesses being able to live with one another i mean you know love khadijah was a ball she had her own magazine like this and Max it. was a lawyer. Max yeah. was a lawyer. Um, what was um, Homeboy? Who? He was like a stockbroker. What's Homeboy? Yeah. Uh, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle you know, yeah. um, Overton was a handyman. He, he, he had, had a trade. Yeah. You know, like he had a little bit of everything. It was yes. great. Yeah. Also, God, that was good. And what? But you know what? What tripped me out? I'm gonna tell you what really, what really tripped me out when what? I watched it as an adult. When Khadijah or somebody was talking about being 25, and I was like. 25 like y'all was supposed to be wait a minute I'm older than y'all are supposed to be in this now like oh my god sis is aging over here you you looking so dewy today I thought you were like 14 when you walked up in here I was like okay make sure R. Kelly ain't around because girl that's a whole nother girl (laughs) to a different day you know because we're talking about these black shows I did want to mention um First, let me give a shout out to Hillman Shirts over at Hillman Bookstore. I don't know if you guys have ever purchased from them, but if you haven't, you are missing out. Um, and I bring this up because we were talking about Martin, and I don't have this shirt yet, but I'm definitely going to order it today from my favorite episode of Martin of all time. And I know this is also going to be an unpopular opinion because there's so many other ones, like the one with the um, puppy that ain't no puppy. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. That ain't um, no puppy. The New Jack City episode is one of my yes. favorites. And the Halloween episode, but my favorite episode is Random Spoons. And that's where, like, Carl Anthony Payne II, who plays Cole Brown, had this, like, business idea where they would get the soup for free. <laughs> Random Spoons. I'm so tickled even thinking about it. 
but the patrons had to rent the spoons. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I want to say two things. <laughs> I'm tickled. So I want to say wrong. the first thing is that um, that they have a shirt like that. I get all of my Hillman um, bookstore like st- um, apparel from there. Um, they have a Maxine Shaw attorney at law shirt. Like I gave those out for Christmas in my family. They were a hit. Like if you're looking for birthday Christmas gifts, go to Hillman Bookstore. Shout out to um, the homie Wilmo. And Rental Spoons was an amazing idea. Now you could fight me on that. But can you imagine if you can come and get your, come on man, you know some white people will monopolize off of that idea. No. Do, <laughs> B, if I could go in no. and I rented a spoon, hear me out. You have gone to so Panera. So I don't gotta pay for the suit? No, but think about it. You rent the spoon for how much is soup normally like if you go to Panera it's overpriced but I like it or whatever but how much would like you pay right. for for one bowl of mm-hmm. soup right yeah. so soup say right it's good <laughs> but say it wasn't like a high end place but it was a, a mom and pop store starting out and you had to rent the spoon but you got the soup for free and maybe the spoon rental was $3 that's not a, a terrible idea. It's not the worst thing I ever heard, and I guarantee you that somebody <laughs> can make that work. I mean, yeah. they could, but it's all sounds, types of different it's, soups. It's, it's, yeah. You're okay. taking an idea from Cole. Okay. <laughs> yes, but Cole, listen. And Cole, that's eek. another thing. I'm going back and watching Martin with different eyes. I like I said before, when you go back and look at those episodes, and I want you to watch them, and when you watch them, I want you to text me and be like, girl. Cole wasn't as stupid as we thought he was. They <laughs> no, just Cole, called him stupid. Cole wasn't stupid. He was living with his mama. He wasn't paying no bills. He had big Shirley cooking for him. Okay. Cole was living a life. Okay. He did not fat shame. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. liked women because he had that other little slim girl. She was kind of the little ditzy. Oh, little yeah. Right. With the you little know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Cole just wanted to be loved. I don't even Who's remember what I do remember is big <laughs> Shirley. But I just had to get that off my chest. That Riddle Spoons was that banging episode, and that was not a terrible idea. Fight me. <laughs> See what I did with it? I'm just going to be quiet. What else do you want to talk about? All the things. I don't know. What if, uh, Did you guys hear about um, Haley Taylor Schultz, the 16-year-old girl in Texas who has been accepted to nine law schools? No. Oh, wow. So we always That's talk cool. about amazing young people, amazing black kids, amazing young women on this show, and she is all of those things. Um, she went to. She was homeschooled, and I only bring this up because homeschooling is something that I don't have kids. But it's yet. something that I yet, but it's something that I think about and talk about often. Like how how does that go? How do, how does it implement it? How effective is it? Um, what is the network like? And um, she was basically doing an interview on Good Morning America, and she was just saying that she attributes her being able to go to law school at the age of sixteen from that homeschooling and that community. Um, and she says she switched from wanting to be a doctor to a lawyer so she could be an advocate for gifted students from traditionally neglected communities. So I just wanted to highlight her on this episode because I thought that was really dope. And at such an, a young age, yeah. like at the age of 16, just having the wherewithal to want to do better for, you know, underserved communities, she's got the potential to really rock the world. Because yeah. think about how much we can do at the age we are now. Right. We still got a whole life to live. Like and she's only sixteen. She's only sixteen. Yeah. I, her thought process, though, to be able to do that at sixteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I was not thinking about that at sixteen. Okay. No, girl. I was <laughs> thinking know? about 
Then he turn around and let me see that thing. See what? I was in love with B2K. Listen, I was in love with B2K. That's all I was thinking about was B2K, <laughs> cheerleading, hanging out with my friends. And I did make good grades, though. But what I can... <laughs> I know Courtney's still... She's still gonna um, be doing that same thing in about two weeks because somebody yeah. at this table you is going, going to, the to B2K? see B2K. Oh yes. my gosh. I am going to the B2K concert. Girl, wear your jersey dress for me. Yes. I ain't no okay, dress. fine. I can't give a mad, but I'm going. But what I want to say about the homeschooling thing, I know I kind of went left. Okay. But I totally agree with that because, like, I see a huge difference. Even when I think back to, like, elementary school and stuff, mm-hmm. I know that. And I'm not saying this to, you know, beat my own horn, but toot toot. <laughs> to, or to toot my own horn, you know what I mean. I I know <laughs> I there's beat beat or toot toot. Either one. Either okay, one go ahead. works. <laughs> but I can I knew that there was a difference between myself and some of my friends solely because of the way that I was taught at home by my mom. Right. Like my handwriting was always 30 times better. My reading comprehension was always like, you know, like it it doesn't take me long to to read and study and to get things. And that is solely because my mom introduced books to me at a very early age right. mm-hmm. in handwriting. But too, my mom was an early childhood education major. So, uh, okay. yeah. yes. So, um, but all of that was done in the home and I had a really good I I went to a really really awesome preschool growing up so I I feel like that had a lot to do with it but that discipline and the yearning for oh that's I'm gonna put that on shirt yearning for learning that yearning for learning was taught in the home by my mom right and it's just something that I carried along with me throughout my schooling so I'm really interested in homeschooling my chaps because you're going to need to know about Marcus Garvey. You're going to know about Malcolm X. You're going to know the real deal about MLK, not this whitewashed version that they give you. Right. You need to know that Rosa Parks was not some little 96-year-old lady broke down on the bus. Like, no, I need to teach my kids these things. And they're not going to learn it in a traditional school. So right. that's just the way I feel. Because okay. if it went for Dr. Bill, where would I be? <laughs> Shout out to Bill. the Shoe. Yes. Where would I be without you? Hey! hey. Yes, yes, I guess I got time. You know I got to put the songs in there. That's what we do. This is why we love her. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> did you guys hear about Direct uh, TV and AT&T um, getting ready or trying to drop BET? The shows, yeah. They go through this all the yeah. time. But mm, I'm going to be quiet. No, go ahead. I mean, okay, so let me just say that um, they want to drop BET and 22 other Viacom um, channels. And just for the sake of the conversation, if you're interested in being a part of trying to save that, um, you can call one eight eight eight. Did I say three eights? one eight 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 You did. Yes. one eight 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 two five zero five 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 seven to make your complaint, or you can post about it and use the hashtag keep Viacom and also watch the shows on BET like whenever you run across you know we're talking about shows that we love so much some of those are featured on BET some of the movies like our classic films are featured on BET um I also like TV one but like just make sure you're trying to watch what's on there so that there's an argument 
to be had. And, and I think that we not only need to watch, but they need to... I'm not saying that the programming that they have isn't good, right? but they they need to do better. Yeah, They need oh, to go back sure. to the days of old. Like, where is, where is the Teen Summit revamp? Like, where are those types of shows? Well, here's yeah. the thing. We have to... So, this... I'm so glad that you brought that up because, you know, I talk about radio and I remember when I worked in radio and my peers, I was young and my peers would be like, why do y'all play X, Y, Z all the time? Every time I turn on the radio, this is what I hear. Why do y'all love that? And we didn't. It it was difficult because we would be in the studio, right? Cringing, turning the music down, just watching the clock because we would want to play the music that like needs to be heard, right? Mm -hmm. The good stuff, the classics, but the people who call in, who make the loudest noise, the squeakiest wheel, gets the oil. And so people will call in. I want to hear, name a song uh, that's out right now. Um, Bust Down Tatiana. Exactly. <laughs> you would get <laughs> the, the first one that popped in my head. That's an excellent example. And people would call. And if, they, if we played it at 9 a.m., most people don't listen to the radio for more than 30 minutes. It's like, I think, 15 to 20 minute rounds. So we could play it at 9 a.m., but if it wasn't playing by 9.30 because somebody turned their radio on at 9.15, before 10 o'clock they were calling like, why y'all ain't played Bust Down yet? And because of that, they put music on a certain rotation. Mm. They do movies the same way. They do television the same way. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that BET doesn't have certain programming that I like, like Being Mary Jane, I like. Okay. Have you watched the new, the new show, Boomerang? No. Uh, Everybody keeps telling me about it, but I haven't. It's it's so good. I haven't given it a chance, but I need to. Please. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm a show person. So it's so bad. And I'm I'm just going to be transparent. Like whenever I thought about getting cable again or when I had cable, I was just like, just make sure that TV one, WeTV and Bravo was on there. Like I didn't even mention BET because I'm just like, what are y'all showing that I want to watch? Yeah. And it's no, you know, I mean, I love BET. I've grown up on BET, but I just feel like the BET of now is totally different than the BET of yesteryear. My thing is, if they yeah. put the shows on there, if they put that show on there, if they put a, a reboot of Teen Summit on there, you're not a teenager. Like, who's going to watch? Are you going to watch it? I'm not going to watch it, okay. but I don't think that is geared towards me. I think it will be geared toward the younger people, like the people you say that call in and say play bust down. Those are the people that they need to go after because they're the ones calling. I don't I don't they want to hear bust down. But I wanted to they hear see a bust I down wanted video. to hear hit them up, but I still watch Teen <laughs> Summit. Like you can I mean we can like more than one thing. No, like I totally agree. I would probably want to hear bust down too, but I'm of the mind like, well, I want to see Teen Summit. I want to hear what everybody's talking about. Like, you know, I want to see new young groups like you know when escape was on there and Aaliyah was on like i would want to see that that type of thing okay. if i was a teen i just think that they need so maybe they need to have a sex education episode on the same <laughs> show that they have your boy come and uh, perform buzz down yeah, I mean, that would be good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, listen, mean just, I can put a show together don't right right i mean I hey anything's possible i don't know i just think that i feel like of the of the recent years, Mary Jane did get a little bit crazy, but okay. especially at the beginning, Mary Jane was a good show 
of substance and boomerang yeah. maybe too i haven't watched it but yeah. like i think the reason why we gravitate especially the older crowd why we gravitate towards these other channels especially like tv one and we tv is because the programming it, it just is it's just better sometimes okay yeah. like queen sugar and oh yes you know like some of the other shows that are on the own network greenleaf mm-hmm. like i love greenleaf yeah, i want really bt to have those types mm-hmm. of shows too okay yeah. not just you know whatever the hell they be showing i don't know because i don't watch bt <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll moving on. on then so um you know like i had this mini obsession with the atlanta childhood murder um case and I can't remember. What's the other podcast that we listened to? That it's called time? Atlanta Monster. Yeah, Atlanta Monster. So we listened to that. Um, did you hear that they're reopening the case? I didn't hear that they were reopening it, but I do know that Will Packer is coming out with like a documentary or a I movie or something that. about the Atlanta child murderers. He was on The Jeez. View last week, and he had one of the victim's mother's on really yeah on there she was i can't remember what her little girl's name was but i remember her from the atlanta i mean yeah from the atlanta monster podcast because she was the parent whose daughter was in love with prince yeah and um she was supposed to be getting off the bus and coming home because they had to go somewhere by six o'clock and get prince tickets and the little girl never showed up and she said that the next time the next time she was seen she was dead and tied to a tree Right. Um, and they currently have Ooh. Wayne Williams in prison right. for the murders of two adults. Two adults. None mm-hmm. of the children. None of oh, the okay. children. And what is crazy to me is that when they arrested and charged Wayne Wayne um, Williams with those two murders, all at once they closed every, every single, single case. child case well child murder case or abduction case or disappearance and there were 25 as if if he done he did it but he was not convicted of killing any children so you just basically closed those cases it didn't matter because they were black children so there were 25 african-american children who died in this like one small area Mm. they believe that he's responsible for 22 of those 25 deaths and a string of other murders that happened with adults so there was a recruit that Mm heard a splash in the water like on the last mm-hmm. night that they were supposed to be doing surveillance by the I think Chattahoochee River is mm-hmm. what it and so the recruit said that he heard the splash and then saw Wayne Williams because Wayne Williams's car was coming down and that's how he ended up getting convicted of the adults after they found a body like a couple days later in the water um but to Courtney's point like you're just going to close those cases and he was never convicted of those other 22 murders that they thought he was responsible for. And on the podcast, oh it's an investigative podcast. So they talk to people and have accounts of these other alleged men, mm-hmm. some of which are white, basically taking ownership of some of these child murders. Mm-hmm. So um, do I think that Wayne Williams may have killed somebody? He could have. But do I think that... Just listening to him talk, do I think that he was responsible for killing that many people and getting away with it? Girl, Just no. listening to him talk? No. And you never There's found no way. evidence? Never found any evidence. So, um, yeah, Will Packer's coming out with a documentary about the Atlanta child murder murders as well. Yeah, and last week, Keisha Lance Bottoms, um, she said that she's hoping to take a fresh look at the evidence so that it might give some peace to the families yeah. of those um, children. Because really, it wasn't that long ago. It was from 1979 to 1981-like just consider that um she said this is a quote we hope to let them know that we have done all that we can do 
to make sure their memories are not forgotten. And in the truest sense of the word, to let the world know that black lives do matter. And Come on, Keisha. Was, um, okay. she, she had read the names of all of the children, I believe. Good. So, um, we'll definitely keep you guys updated on that because that's that's big. She also just did something. Mm-hmm. She was in the news. I can't remember what she did or what what statement she made or something. But Pence like put out something or spoke about it, and I saw that um, Mayor Bottoms retweeted and was like, "Oh, I know we doing the right thing now because right. he mm-hmm. because Mike Pence said something about whatever she had done or this legislation or something." I was like, "Oh, girl." Um, I do want to bring this up before we move on. So last week I kind of posed some homework to you guys just to give a thought about it. And I really want your thoughts on this. Um, and the concept is like keeping in with like a global theme. A few years ago, Ethiopia put a ban on child adoptions by foreigners. And so last week, B and I were kind of talking through is that right? Like, is it right for the Caucasians of America who go overseas and they get children from other places? So there are so many things wrapped up into this because there are children in America who need to be adopted. Like, why would you have to go? So like, I don't really understand what that whole thing is about. Um, but th- I think this happened in 2013 where there was a, a U.S. couple. This isn't the first time, but Um, They were convicted in the death of their 13-year-old daughter that they adopted from Ethiopia. Her name was Hannah Williams. I do vaguely remember this story. And she died from um, hypothermia brought on by malnutrition and being forced to remain outside on a cold, rainy night as punishment. Um, Hannah's mother was convicted of homicide by abuse in the first degree, and the father was convicted of manslaughter in the first degree. Mm. And both are still in jail. And so this ban enables children to grow up in Ethiopian culture. Um, if, if you're unallowed to adopt them, then they have to stay there um, in their customs, their social values and practices um, in their own birthplace. And so um, it is said that Ethiopia is among the top 10 countries from which Americans adopt children. Um, that was in 2016. Um, and that was according to the U.S. Department of State. So since '99, more than 15,000 adoptions uh, from U.S. from the U.S. have been completed, and I kind of just wanted to get people's thoughts on that. Like, how do you feel about that ban? Do you feel that it's right? I know some people were enraged by that. Why, wow, when you got all of these kids over here that can be adopted, and I mean, state after state after state is, you know, basically there banning abortions after a certain you know like six weeks like some states are doing it as soon as the heartbeat is heard so you're gonna have the opportunity to to adopt all the children you want so why do you need why do you need to go specifically to ethiopia what is this fixation on ethiopia because there are children all over the entire world china brazil australia i mean London, Paris, like why? What is this fixation on these little African children? I feel mm-hmm. like it's more so the white savior complex, and you feel like you're going over there, and this is your good deed, and oh, I can't be racist because I adopted an Ethiopian child. Like, what is it? You think it? I know this is gonna sound <laughs> funny, but do you think it's got something to do with those commercials from when it we is. were? It is. I was thinking that. That are I mean, fake. Yeah, yeah, they are fake. Yeah, they really no, are. No, for real. Yeah. Like yeah. me. Yeah, they are fake, and I feel <laughs> like you know. <laughs> Everybody wants to 
not everybody, but certain people want to have that blindside moment where, you know, they save this little black or African kid. But what harm or consider the harm that you're doing to them by taking them out of their it's it's reminiscent of enslaved Africans. Like Like, you're you're ripping them from their heritage and their culture and we don't giving them a better and Mm -hmm. I'm doing quotation marks in the air, better life. How do you how can you determine what's better for them? Because we see, you know, people that are here in the US of their own volition, of their own accord from Africa. They're doing just fine. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm so glad. Why do you think that. that because you're going over there to get them and bringing them here to thrust them into your way of doing things is better for them? And uh, it's so funny that you you tied that in because I was reading an article not too long ago that was talking about the success of Black people in America, mm-hmm. and it was basically discussing how there are people that are from Africa or who have African names whose parents, you know came here and so maybe they're first generation African but they still culturally carry you know the names of their family um who statistically they do better than black Americans who were born here who are the descendants of slaves that's what I mean because they have their true identity Mm. they're not what, what is it that make do you think that makes like people hire them for Yes, they they have an easier time starting businesses a lot of times, but even in corporate America, they are more likely. And I'm just gonna use a name that you know, I don't, I won't go there. My bad. Um, but like someone with a, a name rooted in Africa is more likely to get a job than a Joaquin or Joaquin here in America. So. Where we where we used to be like oh like it's the name on the resume and I still believe that sometimes believe it is that. yeah but it's like this is attractive but this person is not because to them it's still something that's exotic mm-hmm. it's still exotic to them mm-hmm. yeah they still you. have their their own you know heritage and they they bring that with them even in their name wherever they go and it's a sense of not to say that we don't have it. But, you know, they have a sense of pride and confidence that some of us don't have. Don't have. And I also believe that there is no guilt associated with having to look at them in the workplace all day because ultimately you know that your heritage of enslavement is not tied to their heritage. Mm-hmm. And then you can, and then it's easy for you then to say like, oh, well, look at them, they're... Yes. They came here and made it, you know, like uh, when you think about the way they treat Hispanic Americans yeah. or, you know, they didn't need to have, they came here and did X, Y, Z. Like, they, you know, it's just that whole shroud of slavery that is on African Americans or black Americans that is not. And and sometimes they perpetuate that as well. Who? Oh yeah, I was <laughs> so I'm glad you said that because I was like I didn't, I didn't want to go there because I was Why like oh, I hope this isn't going too left field from where I started, but it does because then it ties into that whole well Black Americans and Black American children are lazy and you know we came to this country to, and we did X Y Z and you still are afforded a lot of opportunities that we're not or having to still work harder like at the end of the day we're still at the bottom. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree that there's this rift between black people in America and Africans who come to America. And I, I, I don't understand. Actually, when I was younger, especially when I was younger, it used to hurt me. It used to hurt my feelings because I'd be like, we didn't come here because we just wanted to see what America looked like. Like, y'all don't understand that. I, I know it's not necessarily your history per se, but you do know that, like, our great-great-grandparents were brought here. Yeah. I, you know, I, mean, I, I would hope that they would know that. They do, but then why is why is there a cultural rift between us? No, we don't have the same culture um, because we had to piece together one for ourselves. Yeah. And not saying that that's um, a cop-out per se, but, like, at least have some compassion. That, that's just where I'm coming from. Have some compassion yeah. and realize that... <clears throat> okay, I think sometimes they say that we, you know, we don't have a heritage or we don't have a culture, but if that's the case, y'all still enjoy the stuff that we have created here in America. I got some tea to sip. Okay? Because <laughs> you bopping and dancing and, you know, you listen to hip-hop music, dress how we do when you when you look at, you know, some of the younger people that are coming up in, in Africa, they mimic a lot of what we... Blacks, we made our own culture. We made our own culture that you benefit from and that you enjoy, and that's what gets on my nerves because you immediately will say, "Oh well, I," you know, like we got our own, and but you are benefiting off of of what we made from nothing, what what we have established from the plantations. Right, (laughs) Right. you're still enjoying and and benefiting it. So why why is this this negative connotation between us? Because I don't care one way or the other because you still get these hands. Like, <laughs> See? I don't care. You will still I'll get these hands, bro. Like, like, who ultimately, cares? But I do feel like that question that you asked about <laughs> adoption, adoption would yes. be a good question to ask for someone who has adopted a child from another country to say, why did, why was it why important that? for why you to go person? there yeah. as opposed to all of these orphanages and people? And you know, another thing, somebody too, get Angelina on the phone. I, <laughs> And Madonna. And Madonna. But, oh, don't. But I think don't that... Don't get Madonna with, on the phone. I think that with us... And then we're going to go on and let our guests... Yes, it's okay. Have, like, no, I'm in it. But hey, I have this one last thing to say. Awesome. I feel like... Not to say that we don't adopt as much, but just speaking from my own personal experience, I have been one of these kids, and there are plenty of other kids who need somebody in their family to adopt them and be their guardian. So I feel like... We do that so much within our own communities and families that sometimes it's hard for me to think like I got cousins and mm-hmm. you know play nieces and nephews that probably need me to adopt, adopt them. Like them. why would I, you know? And I don't think that that happens in families of privilege because for the most part everybody is taken care of. So they're like, oh well, let's do this good deed and clear off some of this white guilt right. by going to get this swollen belly. African child with flies in their so, eyes that I seen on TV oh when I was man. 10 that is not even real. There and then yeah. It's not like it's that. Not, yeah. Or it's a form of child trafficking where these kids may have been they stolen have parents, right? or ha- you know, really had parents and they're taken to these orphanages right. and it's like a black market for children, for African children. Yes. So so I think that the the question needs to be 
posed to someone who who's done that un- why they did it untethered them from their families. <laughs> <laughs> Another us reference. I mean, I think everything has intention. People know why they do what they do. Yeah. You know, it's just that they decide to share it or not. Nah, you know, and it could mm-hmm. be a, a, a form of guilt. It could be let me just try to show you know that I'm okay. That's not I'm not the one that's thinking that way. Right. You know, but it's an intention behind it, and and sometimes you may find out. Sometimes you won't. Just mm-hmm. like all of us, we have an intention for what we do. Right. And sometimes we don't want to say why we did it or we know why we did it from the beginning and it right. doesn't work out the way we was wanting to mm-hmm. because our intention was wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So until you ask the person who's done it, it's going to be like, well, I think it was this and think with that, even though we might be right. But, yeah. you know, could be something underlining that we don't know nothing about that could have happened. A word. That was like, hey, you and, know. And I, like I said, <laughs> I listened to that podcast where it was a family on there and they didn't adopt a child from Ethiopia. They adopted a child from... Romania or somewhere, mm-hmm. but um, the wife in the story, she basically said that, and I don't know if she could have seen one of these commercials, but she <laughs> said that from a child, she always knew that she wanted to have a lot of children and that she wanted to adopt kids. Like it was a, she just always wanted to adopt children. Well, she, she was American. She was American. And why mm. did she do- adopt I my, that's my point. Right. No. And Who here's knows? the thing to, to whoever made this point. <clears throat> today um if you are adopting a child to erase some white guilt i don't get it first of all but then you are tethered to that child allegedly for the rest of their life (laughs) freaking me out it's it's got a definition and it's appropriate um so (laughs) for the rest of their life that at least you're supposed to be and so you have to raise them in a way that makes them feel included mm-hmm. while still attached to their own culture. And if you're not willing to do that, you're already doing it for the wrong reason and under the wrong context. And I don't want to say a person can't grow to be their best self that way. But in essence, it feels like you are robbing them of something that rightfully belonged to them in the first place. If you're not like the mama on This Is Us, don't be taking no black kids. Love that show. Don't Absolutely no love kids. that show. I was sitting there thinking about that. say This Is Us without yeah. my eyes oh watering. And God. she didn't even want me just, at, yeah. at first, to be honest. But I understand but, why. But I under, yeah, because yeah. she had lost her, the triplet. But if you're not going to... What's her name? I keep, I forgot, I keep thinking of Kate, me. but Kate is the sister. Yeah. I can't remember what the mama's name is, but if you're not like that, don't be adopting no black kids. Right. And I know that's fictional, but you need to be of that caliber. Or don't be adopting no black children. Okay, yeah, some of them. And she was there. open to trying to, you know, put him put what was his name? Randall. Randall in situations that kind of helped when she was able to see it, not knowing, you know, everything that she was facing with it all. Right. But she was open to it. And she right. tried. You know, and that matter. was really good. I like that. Man, that's she half tried. The Trying yeah. is half the battle. You mm-hmm. Taking him to asking, asking somebody, right. where can I take him to get his haircut? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. You know, like I, that I mean, was really just cool. those little yeah. things. You know, making sure that he is out and seeing other black families and playing with other black kids and making the decisions about who he interacts with based off of just his own experience and not where we're white and you're only going to be around other white Instead people. Instead of making right. him a victim of assimilation. Yes. Yeah, Ooh, that was good. Yep. Give me some on that, girl. <laughs> okay, you know. Oh, that's heavy. Raspy voice and all. Why are you always bringing up heavy stuff? I'm sorry, but you know what? <laughs> Victim I, of assimilation. I, yeah, I know, right? Gosh. And the assimilation of the emancipation, <laughs> proclamation <laughs> of the education, not the miseducation of the Negro. 
snaps all around the table. Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand her. That's so on point. What? So on point. <laughs> My bad. You're right. But I have a remedy for that. And so <laughs> this is the last episode in Women's Month. And black women are not a monol- are not monolithic. We say that all the time. You hear it all the time. Um, we're very multidimensional. And so I believe in the balance. The world needs the Cardi B's and the Michelle Obamas. We need the teachers. We need the basketball players, the motivational speakers. And we need the women who twerk too okay <laughs> yes because that right there is therapy okay i that mean right there's ministry it's listen twerking it will, is ministry it is ministry it's physical therapy <laughs> it's exercise okay it, it aids in sexual arousal you oh, doing it right all the things all the things, all the things. i mean you oh. need a little bit of booty twerk with the work like you need I mean, you gotta who don't like <laughs> to see a little twerk Every now and but then. But we also need to be able to read books and meditate. Okay. Right. Okay. We need all the things. Be versatile. In the yeah. same Do day. a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> In the same day. Yes. Yeah. It's, oh, it's really my belief that, um, you know, we each have the right to be able to come into this world and make an impact according to our gifts, you know, without being put into this box, this under this construct that like, oh, you have to be this way as a woman. You have to be that way as a woman. When we're all... Tethered. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not done. But still, stop using that word. God Almighty, it's just it's just freaking me out because I don't want to be tethered to nothing. Okay. But some no, coins. So okay. Uh, okay. No, hey. Okay. That's that all I want. Okay but ultimately, I just mean like it's not fair for women to have to be molded into this image. And really, under, like, white supremacy, by way of patriarchy, unless you're being reared in, like, a matriarchal society, which is totally separate from this conversation, but, like, exceptions just need to be made for us to be who we came into this world to be so that we can flourish and shine. And so, B and I want to introduce you guys once again to motivational speaker, Nikki Eason. Welcome to the show again. Thank you. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. And so, um, first of all, we're androgynous model. Okay. Okay. I want you to give people a rundown about, like, what you do who you do it for. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know what season you're in. Like, just tell us a little bit about your show and how that got kicked off. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, first, I just want people to first understand what androgyny is mm-hmm. and what androgynous is. Okay. And I always, like, say, have you ever heard of that word? You know, and they're like, oh, that sounds familiar. I don't know. But androgyny is one who embodies masculine and feminine, feminine characteristics. And that mm-hmm. could be, you know, how they look, how they dress, whatever that is. Androgynous is the act of expressing both both those genders through appearance, fashion, or lifestyle, right? So I'm a woman who embraces men's clothing. Mm-hmm. And I have masculine tendencies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, love being a woman, but there's just parts of me that's more masculine. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, they called it tomboy, right. you know, which was this, it, it had great things, great feelings about it, but it also had some bad feelings about it. Mm-hmm. When okay. I was you know, referred to as a tomboy and, oh, you want to be a boy. But I also got bullied because people didn't know if I was a boy or a girl, Mm -hmm. right? But I was okay with being a girl. Like, I was not trying, you know, to be a boy. I just wanted to do it better than boys. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just wanted to do it better. So that's kind of why I got in sports and so on and so forth. But I'm saying it to say, as 
I kind of got out of college and was just kind of evolving into what was comfortable for me as far as the way that I dressed. I was like, you know, I just dress comfortably and it just Mm -hmm. so happened to be men's clothes that was comfortable for me but looking back I mean TLC escape all of these people groups that was dressed in men's clothing everybody was okay Mm -hmm. with it right so working in corporate America you know and trying to adapt to how they want me to look was Mm -hmm. always an issue Mm -hmm. so when I decided one day like you know what hey I'm gonna wear a tie Mm -hmm. a button-up a men's pants and men's shoes to work. Right. And I'm going to just do it. And it's funny because I did it and guys like, my well, guy, where'd you get that tie from? Mm-hmm. But literally not too long after that, the corporation was like, no one can wear ties. Right. Even though men were supposed to wear a tie. Wow. Business casual. Yeah. So not too long after that, it was like, nobody needs to wear ties. So I was just like, okay, well, no ties to wear a men's button up, men's right. pants. You know, and um, not too long after that, I just was like, you know what? There's something else I'm supposed to be doing. I don't really feel like I need to be part of corporate America. One, because I didn't feel like I can be my true authentic mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the the time of me leaving, it was this situation where it was my two weeks left and they were actually changing uh, the dress code for women had to log onto the site and you could pick from this side that was women's clothes Men had to log onto the site, and you could pick that, from that was side targeted. for men's clothes. They did absolutely, on absolutely. You definitely looking back, done more yeah, about that. Yeah, that's awful. But see, looking looking back, I get it. I, I get what was going on. But me not being able to understand how I got to the word androgyny, yes. right? Um, was like was like okay. Well, I'm I'm leaving anyway. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. So when I finally you know left uh, that that corporation, looking um, after that, maybe a year or two after that. Come to find out, they don't have the way that women need to dress or men need to dress. They actually end up going to like polos to wear, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody can wear. Just it's crazy. So what was the point? Exactly, but see the, the point. I think the point. Me looking back on it now, and I, I get to the whole androgynous thing. But me looking back on it now was, I changed the narrative of what a woman should look like. Mm-hmm. That's right? what it was, and. It was one of those things that made people feel uncomfortable. So it was like, let me not address her personally. Let me say, okay, nobody nobody has to wear ties anymore. So it right. won't be personal. Even though there was not a lot of people that I was in that corporation with that looked like me, dressed mm-hmm. like me, and was me. Not just a woman dressed in men's clothes, but I was... A, 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 a black woman, you know, mm-hmm. and I had locks, <laughs> you know, yes. so that was a whole nother, you know, a- experience. But from all of that, I was like, you know... I want to model men's clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't see a lot of women doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people would like what I have on. They'd be like, oh my gosh, where did you get that from? Why can't I model Mm -hmm. the clothes that I wear? You know, so I would go to all these different uh, talent agencies or trying to be a part of different fashion shows. And it was funny. I would come to their, the fashion shows or audition and they're like, well, do you wear women's clothes? And I'm like, no, I don't. Right. I came dressed in a nice suit, <laughs> you know what I mean, for a reason. Well, let me just see you walk. Okay, cool. Oh, my gosh, your walk is strong, but I wouldn't hear nothing back from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were one or two, I would say, fashion shows that I got into, but it was already geared towards having somebody, you know, that was okay with dressing the way they were dressed. Mm-hmm. But those main ones that I was trying to get in was just not the thing. Mm-hmm. So I was always a fan of America's Next Top Model. 
Love Tyra Banks. I was if anyone knows Tyra Banks. Yes, right. <laughs> if anyone knows Tyra, please yes, let her know. I have always been a fan, and she was my inspiration. Right? They have episodes steeped in androgyny. They don't do like whole segments, but right. they have episodes. And those were always some of the, the best ones. Yes, yes. And you know what? Well, what I what I loved about it is that she would tap on it. But one thing that I was not so uh, that I didn't really like much is there were people that would come on that were very androgynous, mm-hmm. but she wanted to highlight like more of their feminine as opposed right. to having them who they are so that was always my thought process like if I ever went out for the show not saying that I wouldn't want to embrace the feminine but I want to be able to be who I am right. and literally do these you know photo shoots like it's nothing the way the way that I am so I was mm-hmm. like I can't be the only one feeling like this I'm gonna start my own show right huh? and so I always tell people like I made it because I was mad because I was mad with the fact that I'm not getting the same equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And why do I have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way to be considered as a model? But I had to understand that society had only painted what a model should be, act, think, look like. And that was just not somebody, you know, like me. Right. So I started the show and I ended up paying, you know, the tire banks of the show. And it was like all, you know, androgynous people. And I would take them through different challenges and stuff that, you know, we on a consistent basis deal with, you know, mm-hmm. we do walk out and somebody like so why are you dressed like that do you want to be a guy do you want to be a man no I don't that's not why I dress the way I dress Mm -hmm. even when it comes to family going to church Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I had to wear uh skirts and dresses and stuff when I was young I didn't like doing it ma I didn't like doing it but (laughs) you know why does everybody come on this show and address our mothers I'm just saying because our mothers all the time yeah (laughs) I mean I, I didn't like doing it but I you know it was just what I was taught to be a part, but we put, I would put them in different, uh, challenges for them to overcome and be okay with who they are. Not just that, but just, I was teaching them professionalism. Like sometimes in our, you know, community and androgynous people, you know, of LGBT, like we kind of adapt this like, uh, nature that we can't be professional. Like you can be who you are Mm -hmm. and be professional. So that's kind of what my mission was with the androgynous model to create a platform for people like myself, myself to be able to be in these places that we're not at. Like mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry, there's not that many. You know, right. I mean, Mm-mm. yeah, you had you had the, you had Prince. Prince was a very androgynous mm-hmm. person. You had David Bowie. Mm-hmm. You got Janelle Monae. You know, mm-hmm. you got Ellen DeGeneres. You know, right. you got Lena Waithe now, which I'm like pro yes. Lena yes. Waithe. Love her. You know, but it's not enough. And mm-hmm. we're so you know talented in a lot of things. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't see it, so I'm gonna create it. You know, be the change you wish to see in the world. So I just kind of kept, you know, you know, I'm trying to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. But that's that's what I, I, I created it for, you know, is to give us a voice. Not just to give us a voice, but to educate people about it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. people know sometimes they won't pass judgment, you know, as much. A lot of people don't get it. Mm-hmm. They've seen it and they're like, oh, I've heard the word, but I didn't know that's what it meant. But if you don't know, you don't know, no. you know, so it's an educational piece. But as now well. you know. <laughs> exactly. Now, now you know. You know. So, yeah. Really, education really does matter because a lot of times, like, people will be able to identify with it from afar. And they're like, oh, I've seen that before mm-hmm. somewhere, but I can't quite put my finger on it. So I'm going to stay away. Yeah. When you educate a person, they can't go back to the not knowing exactly. part, right? You cannot. So it'll start to come up in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Like once they have that knowledge, it's like, oh, 
this is what Nikki was talking about. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what I saw on the show. Even like in their own families, even at church, yes. whether at school or in the workplace. Yes, because it's it everywhere. It's everywhere. But you have to really realize that like, we all have masculine and feminine characteristics yes. inside of us. I was just it's just sometimes it, yes. we, we exercise more based on some environments, based on society, based mm-hmm. on what you've been around, so on and so forth, you know. But some of times we've been you know, made to feel bad because of those side of us that we exercise a little bit more, even right. with men who are masculine, but they have a lot more feminine, you know, traits, but right. they don't get that same respect because it's like, oh no, like you're a guy, you shouldn't be acting like this. Mm-hmm. But it's a guy that just likes to embrace the femininity of certain things, mm-hmm. you know? So I want people to get that. And so the show is a show, the Androgynous Model is a show that encourages others to be brave in their journey mm-hmm. of accepting their true self. Mm-hmm. And in the process of it all, I just take people who, you know, maybe are still kind of finding that mm-hmm. and still trying to find ways to be okay with it and kind of empower them through it. And I did first first season here in Charlotte. The second season was in my hometown, Greenville, South Carolina, because I wanted to take it back to my roots, you know, right. and really dig deep into uh, the three individuals I had on that show, like why they do what they do, what right. has caused you to be the way that you are, you know, like what is it that you haven't let go of, you mm-hmm. know, what are you afraid of, and really get in, in depth. But also, look, if you're going to be a model, you know, you can still be who you are, but mm-hmm. you need to be professional, you know, you need to make sure you're, you're dressed appropriately, you right. need to, you know, make sure that uh, you have the confidence when you walk into a room and be okay that's with That's really what it yeah, is, that's, especially with modeling, like it's, yeah, it's having that confidence Mm -hmm. and standing up straight and standing in who you are like I think about back to um America's Next Top Model like even Mm -hmm. with Eva I don't feel like you know Eva was typical industry standards because she's only five seven but her confidence yes was through the roof and there there have been plenty of others like that on that show but you have to have that confidence and be comfortable um with who you are and yeah. I, I just laugh about the tomboy thing because mm-hmm. I think Tiffany and I have spoken about that before yeah you know like I was raised around more so a lot of boys that's okay. it um mm-hmm. and so a lot of emphasis wasn't other than like with my aunts and stuff but a lot of emphasis just wasn't put on being pretty like you yeah. need to be able to protect yourself you need to be rough you need right. to be able to hang with the boys like you need to be able to take care of yourself in this world and um I think that people can see you and get a perception of you and think that because you dress this way because right. you yeah. you know may speak this way that you're something that you're not and yeah. that it shouldn't matter anyway it right. shouldn't but in the world we live in you are judged based off of how you look and they right. look at you and immediately put you in a box right when it could just be like no I just like I like sweat exactly. Like, right. exactly I'm comfortable so I totally yeah. understand that yeah and, and I mean and there's different shades of beauty with that and I think Absolutely. what I pride Tyra Banks on as her show evolved was she started putting guys on there she started putting plus size models on there she started didn't matter if he was short didn't matter nothing even older younger all of that because it's mm-hmm. changed now right you know and it's interesting because at the time when the androgynous model was created in 2013 I had, I mean, being super transparent, I had got backlash because they thought that I was trying to take super masculine women and making them feminine. And that was not the case because there was a challenge where they had to, you know, take what they currently had on and kind of dress it in a more uh, feminine way and have on makeup and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I was teaching them that I need you to be 
comfortable at being uncomfortable if you want to be in this industry. No, you don't got to change who you are, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to probably have some makeup on at one time, you know, for a film, for set, for commercials or whatever. And you need to be all right with that. Like embrace the fact that you're a woman. So that was my message. I know that I'm a woman. I remember when I first did a alter ego uh, shoot. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you ever saw that picture, but Mm -hmm. I was masculine and I was feminine. Mm -hmm. And my statement was, I am a woman first. I know that. I right. get that. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I stand in that. Right. You know, I'm just a. I'm just another ex, uh, a different way of how a woman looks. But right. I'm, you can't take away that I'm a woman because I dress masculine or my characteristics are more that's masculine. Right. And that's what I know. A lot of people are struggling with mm-hmm. that are you know next to me and some that are coming behind me but if it wasn't for the ones that came before me then I wouldn't be able to do that so I think the androgynous model is just that show to me that's gonna make it a lot easier for Mm -hmm. people to see it to understand it to respect it and want that to be a part of their organization or their company because right now People want to see themselves yeah. on TV. That's people want right. to see in people in everything, you know. But when I look at when I was looking at TV, then I didn't see that. Right. I did not see that at all. So when you see somebody like Janelle Monae, when you see somebody like for me, when I see somebody like Lena Waithe, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm getting closer. I'm getting yes. closer mm-hmm. because, but just like anybody, like even with black women who came before that was on TV back then, you know, we had to see people like Regina King to feel mm-hmm. like that we were able to do it. Mm-hmm. You had to see all of those people, you know, there first. But that's the same thing. I only, I don't just deal with being the black woman. I deal with being the black woman that's dressed masculine. I deal with being mm. the black woman that's a lesbian. I deal with the black woman that has locks. Mm-hmm. I deal with that. So there's more stamps, you know, on me than just being a black woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I want to make it a lot more easier for people. And if I can do that through educating people and uplifting people who are like me, not just women, because there's androgynous males too. Yeah, right. And that's where more of the show is going to evolve into really showing androgyny across the world. But if I can do that, you know, through that, then that's the mission and I'm okay with that. And that'll be part of my legacy. It's not about everything I've created. It's about how many lives I've impacted and transformed. And that's the legacy that I want to create, you know, from the androgynous model. Yeah, you yeah. touched on something um, early on and I just kind of want to circle back to how um, the duality of masculine and feminine is human, period. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so it isn't even always about, like, androgyny more than all men mm-hmm. and all women mm-hmm. yes. have masculine and feminine, like you said, and that we need it. Mm-hmm. We Sometimes I need to toughen up, and sometimes... The man around the corner needs to soften up. Like we, we both need the, we all need the balance of that duality. Yeah. It's what makes us human in the yeah. first place. We do, but we've always had it. It's just society has said, "Hey, you if you do more you, of this, right, and you behave more exactly." Of that. And it's funny because when I got a chance to talk to my mom about it, when she asked, like, I just want to know, like, why did you create it, and so on and so forth, you know? And I was like, because, like. I don't understand why I have to dress a certain way just because I'm a woman. And my mom was like, well, when I was young, you know, my, my mom's uh, late 60s, you know, mm-hmm. she was like, when I was young, we could just dress wherever we want. We had overalls. It wasn't really a men's and women's section and so on and so forth. And I said, oh, and how do you think that, why do you think that changed? She was like, probably society. And I said, well, great. And I'm trying to change it back. Right. And it's like her eyes just kind of got you know, lit up like, oh, I get it now. Right. Because at one time it wasn't like that, mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. So 
how did it change? When did it change? Androgyny's always been here. Yeah, you know it's always been here, and it's, it's just it's just you know you people know change a little bit. It's always been here too because when you mention like the escapes, yeah, and the TLCs, yeah. That, I mean, why was that cool? Because oh, yeah, there are right. all of us have that yes, side. All exactly. of us have yes. those characteristics. That's why we gravitated towards people who dress like that, look that mm-hmm. like that. Because like, oh, I like that too. Like yeah. this is cool. Like I don't think that I think that it's society and the media wants. To paint this image That's of right. women can only look this way. They have to cook. They have to mm-hmm. stay at home with their kids. They have to do, like that's not that's not reality, and right. that's not the case. We all, you know, have our strong points. Uh-huh. We all are comfortable in um, our skin, or we should be. And I think that once you're able to realize who you are and stand in that, you you will pave the way for others. Yeah. You will make it acceptable for others because, like, talking about Prince. Mm-hmm. Look how long ago Prince came on the scene. Nobody was like, well, we didn't care because Nobody he was confident yes. in who he was. Yes. Like, this is Prince. This is who he is. So and crazy. we're going to roll with it. Because right. by the time Miguel came along, you would That's think say. that mm-hmm. they would be used to it because we had Prince. Mm-hmm. But then by the time Miguel came along, it was like, well, why is he doing this? Right. Why is he doing that? Like, right. where did that come from? Or, or like Andre 3000 and Young Thug. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just so, like, why are y'all saying. so worried? Like, I do not Young care Thug. about Drags. Young Thug. And I'm just like, but, but, but we again, have been doing this. Exactly. Like, everybody has been doing this. But I just think that sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of fear because oh, yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. a, lot of bit of fear. A, a lot of people feel this oh, yeah. way and they're just too scared to admit it or Ooh. they're struggling with something yeah. and seeing someone else living their truth kind of like Bothers magnifies them. and bothers. Yeah. Well, you know, well, so that does that mean that Right. You know, like I now, agree. do I have to do it, or do I have to right. act on this other side of me? Right. It's or like, can no. I do it? Or can or, I, yeah? Or they're just projecting their fears onto you because of the fact that they can't stand in the truth of who they are. And I come across those type of situations. I come into a room where you know it's other men, you know, in there, and they automatically think I'm in competition with them. It has nothing to do with that. Right. And there are some guys that's like, yo, sis, like I love that bow tie you got on, right. and they're able to chill with it, want to know where it's at, and not. But then mm-hmm. there are some that's just like. Oh, you think da 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 da. Oh, you think it's supposed to be this way, and I'm gonna treat you. Th- and it ain't like that. No, no, I'm just making you really understand what it looks like for a person to be able to be who they are and own it. Mm-hmm. There's a difference yes. owning it and standing in it, you know, because I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. Right. right. Just like That's any true. other person came before us that came as one, but still stood mm-hmm. at 10,000 because they knew 10,000 other people just like them was gonna come. And yeah. I need to make sure that I pave the way for it. And I've had that and I will never forget this um you know I was talking to a guy somewhere and um you know I was like I created the androgynous model because I'm androgynous and he's like you're not androgynous and I said, "Oh, how really? can he tell you what you are?" That's what I'm saying, and 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 I think about that that situation. He probably um, can't even right. Spell and I said, "Well, first of all, <laughs> right." I said, "Well, first of all, look it up again." Yeah, I said, "In the characteristics." And he had to literally look it up in front of me. And he was super apologetic. Like, I'm not trying to diss him or anything yeah. like that. I appreci- I'm appreciative of it. But what you cannot do and what you shouldn't do is automatically tell somebody what they're not if you don't have that information. Right. You know, but that was, to me, I think that was a way to kind of maybe control the situation because there's parts of men that I've kind of come in contact with. They feel like they got to be a little bit more because I done came into the scene and I'm dressed the way that I'm dressed and it probably looked better than what you got on. Okay. You know what I mean? And they I feel like, like I got to, right. I feel like I got, they feel like they got to demean 
mean, you know, me in some type of way. But again, when you're comfortable in who you are, you know how to respond in a way where you're like, dude, it's not my fault that you feel what you feel. It's your own projection. But you can go back and read it again. Right. And then you can look at me and be like, my bad, sis. It's cool, right. brother. Bring it in. Right. Bring it in. Like, you know? <laughs> but that's that's been my journey. But you know what? I've accepted that. I've accepted that it's going to be tough for me. It's always been tough for me. Right. Because of the vision that I felt like God gave me. You know, mm-hmm. the thing with the court, with uh, the um, uh, corporate America, that whole situation I was speaking about, you know, trying to work in a store, you know, um, and they wouldn't let me work in the store if I dressed in men's clothes. Mm. I'm sorry, what? But don't you sell men's clothes here? Right. You know, so right. that's but, been the- but See, that's crazy because think about this. Think about if I was a, not even a young person, but just there a person go. that identified with you. And I came in that That's store. Right. I'm like, oh. Oh, yes. yes. This is it. Like, yes. show me where you, exactly. you know, yes. show. Like, That's money to be made. Like, yeah. if you're a store. Exactly. You need to, like, I think about the um, the campaigns that I remember from uh, my childhood or, like, early teens that had androgynous models and how if it, other than like just people that were in these shoots or on these covers that I just loved, I remember, but those are some of the ones that I have never forgotten. Like mm-hmm. how Calvin Klein used to do it a lot. Yeah. And there was this one girl, I cannot, I do not know what her name is, but she did a lot with Bad Boy and um, Sean John. She was like an olive skin tone. She had this short haircut. Yep. I don't remember what her name was, but those are some of the only ones that I remember because mm-hmm. when you see that, it's just like, dang, like... Yeah. Who is this yeah. chick or mm-hmm. who is this dude? Like, I don't know if I'm attracted or I don't know. I don't know what's going. Like, <laughs> I want to yeah. be like, I'm gonna grow up. Yeah, right. like, right. I'm conflicted over yeah. here. So, I mean, those are the things that stood out to me mm-hmm. because that it was someone who was going <laughs> against what society said and the norm and just being themselves. And right. this is hot because that's them. Like right. this, and this is what. This is what we see, and we, like you said, there's a duality to all of us. You know, I'm the type of person, like, I I got into it with a, it's a family member of mine, but I am not a dress girl, okay? okay? Not a dress girl. Mm -hmm. I am comfortable in oversized and tall heels and a hat. Like, Mm -hmm. that's that's my comfort zone. That's where I feel the sexiest. Mm -hmm. That's that's where I feel beautiful. And there was a conversation that happened one time, like, oh, well, we're going to this place, and you got to wear a dress. I said, Mm, well, then I don't got to go. I don't have to. I'm not going anywhere that tells me what I can and cannot wear. Like, I know I'm a small chick, but that's not my lane. I don't feel comfortable. Right. In freakum dresses. Like, mm-hmm. I I live in my own thing, and it took me growing up and doing my research and seeing people like Rachel Zoe and June Ambrose, mm-hmm. where they are this, they're making money off of being, being themselves, themselves and dressing like they dress. Like you know Cardi what I mean? Said, it's a lot of money to be made exactly. out here. Exactly. Just doing you. Just doing, just doing you. But that's the thing. Everybody wants to, they re- everybody really wants to be okay with themselves. No, really. They really do. And it's okay just with that, everybody else. Yeah, they, they want to. It's just, it's still that struggle and we've all been through it, uh-huh. you know, where you're just looking at everybody else, you're comparing yourself to everyone else and I've been through that but at the end of the day, it was like, you know what? I'm me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't be me, who going to be me? 
you know? Right. Like, everybody else is taken, so why not, you know? And once I continue to stand in that, and I believe whatever you want, just being yourself, it'll make a room for you, and it's done that. Yes, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. You know? So, okay. I'm excited about it. Like, I mean, I'm still looking for maybe a few other people to be a part of the show for season three. I got a couple people that I'm like, yeah, you're definitely in. But I still want, you know, a few more because. The ultimate goal is I just want people to be educated and I want to be able to provide more opportunities for someone, you know, that's androgynous or someone like me or get people to just really be okay with who they are in any way that I can kind of create that in a more to uh, really, I would say, um, promote diversity and inclusion in any area that I want to do that. And that you see, you said the right, yeah. you said the right phrase. Mm-hmm. Because diversity without inclusion is nothing. nothing. Right. That's right. Because I'm telling you, sis. Yeah, people be like, oh, it's diverse and you can come. No, no, no. no. You see why I put it on her man? No. I'm with it. She is. is. I love it. Diversity and inclusion. Inclusion. Right. <laughs> that's the most important. That's the most important. Well. Yeah, you can't yeah. just have me sitting at the table, but then don't let me give Eat. my input on that. That's right. right. Then don't what am I here don't for? Don't let me season the roast. Okay. <laughs> Season the meat. Season the meat. <laughs> so let me yeah. ask you, um, where, I know you said you did uh, season one in Charlotte, mm-hmm. and then you did season two in your hometown. Where are you looking to do season three? Season three is actually going to be here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, awesome, yes. awesome. Yeah. And so if someone is interested mm-hmm. in potentially being on the show, how do they go about contacting your yeah. people? Um, actually, they you can go online to my website, NikkiEason.com. Mm-hmm. And you can fill out an application to be a part of the androgynous model. Um, if you can also email us at the androgynous model at gmail.com. So you have two ways, you know, and then it'll have, we'll provide a link for you to fill out the application. I want people to apply because I need to know their own thought process before they ever even consider for the next round. And usually that next round is a one-on-one, like face to face um, conversation, like interview. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because, and I do this because, you know, what I've learned and, and what everybody will learn when you're conducting business, some people are there just to be seen. Mm-hmm. Some people are not there for the ultimate cause, right. you know, and I had to learn that very quickly, you know, mm-hmm. and it's no offense to anyone, but it's just, I had to learn that. It's a reason why I'm still going and some of the people I started with are not. You know, yeah. and but that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. you you were there to to fulfill a role, and that's fine. But that's why I was like, you know, each person that I put on this show, I need to know what it is that you're trying to do in this world, mm-hmm. because I'm building a low key team, you right. know, as well. So I need to have the right people yeah. with me. But I'm gonna make sure that you where you need to be. So when we do get in front of those corporations or big time networks to try to be able to create something that they don't have. I got the people to the left and to the right of me that's just as confident with mm-hmm. who they are, you know, and we as us, androgynous people in some of the communities, we don't have that yet because of how we've been treated, because right. of what we go through, you know? So yeah. I have to kind of deal with the, the trauma of where they are. And that's okay because we all go through it. So I'm there to kind of always be, I'm there to be a mentor to them, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of really want to make sure I got the right people because right. I can't teach punctuality and professionalism. Like I can't, yeah. you know, either you got it or you don't, you don't. or either you're open to learning it right. and, and seeing the benefits benefit of having it as a professional right. you know so there's just some people I don't I don't work with I can't because yeah. you're a reflection of me too you yeah. know like come right. on right so but yeah so season three in Charlotte North Carolina I'm sorry I love that this I love awesome. that so much um 
I definitely want to let you know, and I, I know that you know this already, but I have always admired Nikki, and she's amazing. Um, I'm always inspired by your mogul moments, and I'm hoping that before the show ends, we can get a little piece of that, okay. if you don't mind. Okay, cool. And to let you know that you are changing the world in an amazing way, even down to the story that you told about working you know, mm-hmm. in corporate mm-hmm. and them wanting to change the whole tie thing, mm-hmm. and then you looking back and finding out now they can, everybody can just wear polos because you made a, an uncomfortable situation come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And no, you're not there anymore, but something that you started that's right. last. That's right. Because somebody that, else now that's exactly. there, exactly. they don't have to think about it because, okay, because I'm going to wear my polo. Away in yeah. some yep. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no discussion. Yep. Thank you for always being your best self, even in the face of adversity. It means something to a lot of people that you'll never get to meet. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. Dope. You're welcome. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Yay. This is so good. Yeah, wow. like, oh, my God. We did a thing. We did a thing. <laughs> we did. I love it. That's why you're beautiful. Um, Come on, Beyonce. That's you why know. you're beautiful. I always got a Beyonce song in my heart. Um, <laughs> so, per usual, I want to know what you found funny or what inspired you this week. Starting with you, B. Do I really have to say what inspired me this week? Girl, it was the movie. It was the movie, girl. The movie inspired you to do what? It just inspired me um, to know that there are black artists out here that are just genuinely making moves, even along with Nikki, that are driving us forward and making us think and putting us in conversations and in rooms that we aren't normally in. Yes, right. Um, Just seeing... Just seeing the genius of that movie, and I know I may be going off on a tangent, but that has just really inspired me because you look at where Jordan Peele started and now where he is. You know, I'm crazy about that journey. Yeah, so and, 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 and just yeah. the journey and just um, just showing how brilliant a black mind can be. That is what has really inspired me um, because I have spoken about this off of off of our podcast and I probably mentioned it on here like I I have a very very analytic mind I like things that make me think mm-hmm. I like stuff that is out of the box I like art music movies television that makes me think about it long afterwards yes um and just going to see this movie and experiencing it with my mom who is also like mm-hmm. a horror fanatic mm-hmm. has just really inspired me to just you know keep dreaming keep going and just just knowing that the sky's the limit when it comes to us and what we can do if given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's what has inspired me this week. I like it. Bloop, bloop. What about you? So every Tuesday at my full-time job, we pull affirmation cards at a meeting that, and they usually are like appropriate. And this week was very apropos to my current situation, <laughs> but I will not read that. I did see it. So I, I said that to say, I love affirmations and mantras. Mm-hmm. I, I love them. I keep them posted everywhere in the house and you know all over my computers you'll see sticky notes and just everywhere but I saw one online that I want to read to you guys that really resonated with me um and in the way that I feel like it would resonate with everyone it it goes as follows I am attracting better because I have discovered that it all starts with me which kind of ties into the movie if Mm -hmm. you think about it um I am going to change myself first so that everything can align for me. I am not going to blame anyone. I am going to take responsibility for my life. 
the better I become, the better I attract. Wow. Mm. Like the very notion that as I focus on being my best self, more positive things and more positive people will come into my life so that I can live my dream. When you think about it in that context, like it really just lit a fire under my behind when I read it. And that was just today, like the day that we're filming. Like I'm just going to be my best self. That's right. And whereas like, yes, I have to go out and find opportunities and sometimes seek to build relationships those things, that energy will attract to me while I'm being the best Tiffany I can be. Yeah. And so that was very inspiring to inspiring for me this week. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Nikki? Um, I mean, it's kind of along the lines with both of you. Um, I just love to see people be themselves mm-hmm. and being themselves take them to places that they've always dreamed of. So I think mm. I came across the quote and you said it earlier and it makes me really want to do a moment moment about it and I probably will. Mm-hmm. Um how your gifts will make room, you know, for That's you. Right. When you see people who do stuff and you see like where they were and mm-hmm. how it has like, you know, evolved in their in their life, you know, from just that continues to inspire me, continues mm-hmm. to make me really believe more in my gift and not just believe in it, but accept that it was for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's going to take me to the place that I want once, you know, all that other stuff kind of goes away with the fears and you got your responsibilities about different things, you know, and all how you feel from that. It just inspires me to see people who realize that, accept that and make it make room. You know, yeah. for them. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love yeah. it too. It's just so good. <laughs> so positive yeah. in this room right now. So it's like, out. I feel it. Like, right. I'm spilling over. Good. I think, I think yes. that I've talked about this. Did I talk about this on an episode before where I I was um um talking about I can't remember what the scripture is, but it's something in the scripture where it says, um, you know, I I send my I send out my words and they do what I tell yes. them to do. That was a, a different tra- and I said it was a different translation yes. than I had heard and, before, and I like that one better. And that like all ties into this, like with our gifts, like you know, anything that we express, anything that we say we want, anything that we you know say we want to develop a platform for, like you and I and mm-hmm. Nikki, like when when you say it, when you put that to work. It's no way that it's not gonna happen. Right. It, it it has to happen because this is your destiny. This is what God put in you right. to do. And even if you fight against it, even if you it's try if you try to let up. fear hinder you, it's gonna nag at you. It's gonna mm-hmm. be in there until you act on it, until you send those thoughts and those words and those and those deeds out and expect that they're going to do what you sent them out to do. Fact. You're not going to get no rest. So. That's mm-hmm. your good word for the good That's my good word for the day. Listen. <laughs> gave y'all the good word. We haven't even got there yet. You better send them words out. That's okay? right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, with that being said, I know it's so funny that you mentioned the journey with regards to Jordan Peele because I think you and I have talked about that before and how I was a Key and Peele fan, even though, you know, yes, their bits took a bite off of another comedian. Um, I won't go there, but they had their own thing, and I love dry humor and um, he was funny, like, he was funny. I got some favorite episodes that I could just throw at, at any moment, and I, I do it all the time. But my good word for the good people this week is, don't forsake the blessing that is built in, le- in the learning curve. Mm. 
And I say that because starting from the bottom ain't so bad, y'all. <laughs> no, it ain't. It really isn't. And I say that because you learn a lot along the way. Like, think about it. People are more tolerant of a baby, an infant, in their infancy learning something than an adult who was too lazy to get the information on the front end trying to go back and, and gain things, um, gain, like, perspective and, and getting all the steps then. You know what I'm saying? Like, go ahead and make the mistakes in the beginning when people know that, oh, she's just trying. Like, oh, she's just starting. Don't try to jump ahead to the successful part. That's right. And then you fall back down the ladder and have to pick up the pieces all over again. Yeah, because certain, like, I was watching this story about, I can't remember what this girl's name is, but I don't know if you guys have seen the story about the girl that started the startup company out in Silicon Valley about the blood and she had this whole fraud where she was saying that this was going to work. And basically, she had no device. She It was a whole fraud. She got people investing hundreds of millions of dollars into her. Or like the fire Festival do. Like, some things will not allow you to fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yes. the blessings is in that work that you're trying to avoid. That's right. Exactly. Sometimes you have to do Speak. that work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the people that we see, like... You know, that really started from the bottom and has done that work. You don't ever see them at the bottom no more. Right. <laughs> because they did, did that work, work to we get there. We continue to have this conversation about how it takes 10 years. Mm-hmm. It takes 10 years. So the people that we love so much that we see that are having all this amazing success, I bet you if you go back, they are like 10 or 11 years in the game when we see them start to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing that about some of my favorites makes me feel so good. Yeah. Like, okay, yes, I might be in year two, but who cares? Because if I make it to year 10, right. I'm going to be with the, those people yeah. are going to be my peers. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. And, and if I, I got any of them, cool with it. if I got That's any right. of them Angela Bassett jeans, girl, <laughs> won't even matter. In 10 years, I'm going to be looking 25 because I only look 15 now. Okay. No. <laughs> I said this at the beginning yes. of the episode. You did come in here looking mighty dewy. I Listen. love it. Listen, thank you, mama. Thank you, girl. I see you, girl. <laughs> so do you have a good word for the good people, a mogul moment that you want to share before we get out of here? Yeah. Um, as I'm sitting here talking, listening to you both, I, what's coming to me is um, where you are right now is preparing you for what's to come. Mm-hmm. Everything that you already went through that was part of the preparation, you don't seem to understand it because you're still caught up in what's left, what's getting ready to come after that. Or you're still looking at what happened. People are so caught up in the condition that they lose sight of the mission. Ooh. Don't let people make you sit in that feeling for too long. It's nothing wrong to feel it, but just don't stay there because where you are right now, you're being prepared. And you have to understand that. Where you're going, if you don't go through the things that you're in right now, you're not going to be able to handle it because everything that you want, you have to understand that to whom much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And if you are not in the position to be able to give back after it's already been given to you, then you might want to check about the fact if you want to do this. Because right now, what I'm feeling right now, it ain't true. It ain't true as if you don't want to do what it takes to put in the work and all of this stuff and you just want to believe and believe but faith without work is dead Mm -hmm. so 
when are you going to take the moment to embrace the fact that where you are right now was building you to become a better person, to embrace the fact that where you are right now was everything that you went through before prepared you for the actual moment that you're in. So only imagine that this right now in the short moments that you think is not good is going to take it to a better version of what's supposed to be even better than what you thought about it. And just because you get caught up in this small moment and think that, oh, it's going to look like this. No, I think God knows that it's going to be bigger. And if I think that he gives that to us, he's going to take you through certain things. You don't become a warrior in the actual battle you become a warrior after that's you finish true. the battle mm-hmm. you right. know so a lot of us want this whole thing but yet and still you don't want to be able to stand in what is happening for you because what is happening to you is happening for you preparing you for what's to come and part of you understanding that and getting that is embracing that where you are right now in this moment good bad or indifferent even though it make you cry or make you happy you're exactly where you're supposed to be Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. got me over here like, where I go? I'm over here like, Willow at the red yeah, table. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. yes. yes. We love Willow. We love Willow. This show. Woo. Willow's awesome. Yeah. Thank I hope so to get much. the red table talk one day. Oh, yeah, girl. Oh, you there. Great. You there. Yes. Just going to say it. Out. Send That's them words it. out. Speak it into That's existence. Um, as a call to action, I just want to remind you guys, and I think this is a recurring theme from this entire show, to just be your best self this week. Um, Nikki, remind people how they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Nikki underscore Easton. That is E-A-S-O-N. It's not Easton or Eastland. <laughs> like Easton? No. So Nikki underscore Easton. Uh, find me on Facebook, Mogul Moments, or Nikki Easton. If you are interested in bringing me to um, give you some motivation or inspiration for your company or an event, mm-hmm. email me at mogulmoments at yahoo.com. Yeah. Love it. And you mm-hmm. know, we here at the Culture Shop Podcast can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're everywhere that you can hear podcasts. <clears throat> iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, <laughs> Google yes. Podcasts, Stitcher, and everywhere else. Okay, mm-hmm. hair flip. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and hopefully next week I won't sound like this. Listen, Tiffany got her hair done and she'll act like Regina George for me, girl. <laughs> Don't even do Lip that. Lifting her hand, got a burn book. What is going on? <laughs> I can't see What is going on in a here? A burn book. Yes. She did say You know what? I'm going to get me a burn book and I'm going to post it on the Instagram page. It's going to have your picture and your name in it. With a rumor. <laughs> on the first page. That's right. Hello. Um, <laughs> you know what I want? I want Jamie Foxx to go on one of those tours that he went on back in the day whenever I was too little to go where he do all that singing and cussing. <laughs> That's all he do is sing and cuss. That's all okay, he says. And tell jokes. But I need that in my life now that I'm old enough to go. It's like a variety show. I know. That's kind of how Lonnie B show was. Oh, it was like a variety. Like, I don't know what kind of show it was, but mm-hmm. it was bomb. It was like a variety show. It was so good. We love it. Good. Any last words, people? So everybody was giving out the information about, you know, where they could be found. I want to give out my cash app. Is that okay? No. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. I can't give up my cash app. Going to my dream. Everybody giving all their stuff. One right. more time for Nikki Eason from the Androgynous Model and Mogul oh, Gold. Thank you. so much. Thank you so much. If it's awesome. hearts and minds are clear. Yes. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. We love you, Nikki. We do oh, love you. Love and you it's back. been a pleasure. Absolutely. Um. Oh man, I got one last question. Girl, it's been three <laughs> hours. What you want to say, Tiffany? The Father of Assad, the album comes out on May 17th. Mar- May 17th. Oh, Are I'm you excited. here for it? Why you keep giving these people free plugs? Well, because Did DJ Khaled send you some money to this Culture Shop podcast, he might, girl? He might. We got to go. <laughs> no, we got to go. 
And on that note, we, we out. out. <laughs> Random spoon.